0: You excited for a Super Bowl?
1: Am I excited? Yeah. Uh, not really.
0: Yeah, me neither. Uh, that was just a segue into a business idea I had. Okay, so uh-huh. hear, hear me out. Just hear me out on this, right? Super Bowl. It's exclusively a soup restaurant. It's like Chipotle style. You walk in. I got bisque, uh, cream of crab, just all the different grates with the ladles in it, and you just pick from your choosing. Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. But then also the bread is a bowl. Okay. So that's not a new invention. I'll admit that, but I'm just saying, business idea. What do you think?
1: Is this like buffet style, or well,
0: it's Chipotle style. So you know, you it's behind the glass, and okay. one of my you know uh, a a substance, <laughs> one of my substance will help you you know ladle your soup into your bread bowl. Mm-hmm. But it's super s o u p e r bowl Super Bowl.
1: Um, just that's all. That's all. You oh yeah, I we know? only
0: sell soup. Yeah, I mean this it kind of goes against the pun. Hmm. Um, I guess. No, is, that,
1: is that lawsuits involved? Even though you're spelling it different, no way, no way, no way,
0: no, I, I, no, I, I, I'm 65 percent sure that they can't come after me for that. I don't know. You man. think they own Super Bowl? You think the NFL owns Super Bowl? Yeah, you can't. You can't,
1: just you can't say. You can't even say it on like on shows and stuff. You gotta say. You gotta say Big Game. You can't say Super
0: Bowl. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh wow. Then they oh <laughs> they might come after. Well, <laughs> if depend. Hey, listen. If they come after me, that means it's a good idea. Putting 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 Panera out it of depends bread. Depends on what kind of soup you have. Putting Panera out of bread. Putting Panera out of business. All the soups. A v- variety of soup, lentil soup, getting cultural with it. Would it would have to be like high quality. Oh yeah, man! I'm not talking about soup. some shit. I'm not talking about some shit soup. I'm talking about quality stuff. Man. I'm not saying
1: I know that, but I'm just saying it has to be like, you have to be that soup has to like separate themselves from like panera. panera yeah, it's bread
0: gonna separate that. itself from the pack for sure. It, listen, it's gonna separate itself from panera bread. Okay, all right. Wait, hey man, the soup is delicious. The soup is fine. <laughs> But is it Super Bowl quality soup? No, no, it's not Super Bowl quality soup. No, not at all. Not how we do it in my business, at my establishment. So, you it's know. It's like a good idea, though. Yeah, well, my whole uh, approach to business is come up with a great name first. Yeah. And everything else will just kind of fall into place. That's okay. how I live my life, you know? And then, especially if it's a pun, mm. you know? Make sure the name is catchy. Make sure the name is catchy and then everything else just kind of happens, you know? Yeah. Cake Me Up, that's another one. Like, wake me up, but we sell cakes. It's a bakery. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We we make the cakes too. I just want to make sure you don't know we're not secondhand selling cakes. (laughs) We make the cakes in house. I hope so because you don't want to be in the category of Caesars. I mean, uh, little Caesars. Yeah. Listen, man. uh, Well, let's just let's just clear something up before we get into the podcast. Of course. Yeah. We don't know. We've had some emails from people that say Little Caesars makes their pizza in-house. <laughs> so I don't want to be the I don't want to be participating in li- libel and slander by yeah, saying yeah. they they ship their pizzas in frozen. Yeah, because we have people with firsthand information that saying we never said that. Did we not? No. Well, oh, we just said it's other people's pizza. Yeah. 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 No, we never said okay. We never yeah, said it that frozen it's, it's frozen pizza, yeah. but it's other people's pizza yeah, for, sure. So, for sure. Yeah, that's a fact. And if they're not facts, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you keep your email to yourself I don't care This is a podcast
1: somebody feel offended by it
0: Not offended But you know People like to come and correct you Like hey guys I know you guys are making fun and everything But just so you know Like you can get whatever kind of pizza you want From the Little Caesars Is that funny? <laughs> is no. that as funny as other people? Why? Pizza? But why are people going to battle over little, little Caesar's, Caesar's, Caesar's pizza, Caesar's. little Caesar's would not. He, little, let me tell you like this: little Caesar's would leave you deserted, <laughs> dusty, and broken in the streets. If you needed the uh, a sip of water, he would not look your way. Are you gonna come and uh, send a worded email to us. Yeah. Stop wasting your time. Little Caesar's did not care about you. They don't. They don't even care about the people that called. in <laughs> they don't even care about their customers. They're giving other people people. They're giving other people people's pizza. You're gonna come. You're gonna defend them. They give other people pizzas, to pizzas. <laughs> I don't even know what they're giving. They're giving other people's pizzas pizzas to other other people. people, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, obvious. We got a problem here. And it's more than just Alvin's streaming Punisher. When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, you got two friends who you won't forget. Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival. Laughing non stop case drops on a cycle. Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone. How they make the world seem bright with the lights off? AFs, it might as well stay up. Lies being told like that dinosaur BS. Magnifying glass to the ground if they don't see us. Having the time, roasting your favorite. Option, it's the take to the app, Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Francelle Evans.
1: Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman.
0: Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Post, dude. what up we back baby uh fran and i took a little mental health hiatus last week for black history month we just you know uh f- coming fresh off the last episode that we recorded was about tyree nichols um i thought that was a very productive episode we got some stuff off our chest and it just really felt good and then the next week i just uh you know i was in the, in the swelling of black history month and you know fran's got a family so i was like hey man you know what you know let's just take a week off you know let's 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 send out some le- some links and some resources for people to learn about some stuff um, in the month of Black History Month. Even though every month is Black History Month, don't feel, don't relegate yourself to one month to learn about stuff you don't know about. Always be trying to grow and educate yourself. But anyway, we're back. Um, excited to be back. Excited to talk. Excited to discuss. But something interesting happened here in our neck of the woods that <laughs> feels, it brings, it brings up all kinds of discussions and things f- coming off the Tyree Nichols case and other cases, obviously. But um Fran, uh, I don't know where your route is, but in the Towson area, like near Towson University, there was a lot of schools that closed because there was a 24-year-old guy named David Linthicum, mm-hmm. um, white guy, went on a 39-hour manhunt all around the Baltimore County area. There's police. He shot two cops. Let me break it down. He shot a cop after uh, his, somebody, a neighbor or family member called, out, called the cops out for a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, they were called out for a mental health crisis, approached this guy, He drew a weapon and shot a cop and survived that, got away, right? Mm -hmm. Gets away, goes on a a, a chase throughout the night. They don't find him. The next day, they hold him up in a house or catch him somewhere again, corner him in some kind of way. He shoots another cop. This man was apprehended alive, man. After a 39-hour manhunt, he shot shot one police officer, and then they're looking for him. They catch him. He shoots another police officer, and they're still able to apprehend him alive. Yeah. It's like, I think that that's great that he, that they showed such restraint, but it just, it just, it brings up so many questions, you know, in a, a wide variety of questions. So the first question that brings up, obviously, Fran, I'm sure you have the same question is why were they able to show such restraint mm-hmm. for this? Per- what about him? Why why was the training so, sus- you know, cause that's what, that's what I, I assume should be the reaction that they want from the public. Like, see, here's an example of the police. They didn't shoot him. Yeah. But it's just funny how, it, how, what the circumstances are and what this person looks like that we go, oh, thank God, wow, the training must be working. This, the police didn't shoot this guy, even though he shot two police officers, yeah. right? So that's the first question that comes to my head. The second question is, Fran, after Tyree Nichols was killed and they couldn't uh, find a way to spend his life into making him the bad guy, they brought out that hamburger in a suit, Jason Whitlock, and <laughs> and uh, you know on onto all the conservative news stations to be like, hey, shit on black people to make white America feel fine about why Tyree Nichols is dead. They go, oh, the 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 mayor of Memphis is a single mom or whatever that shit was. Black women and these cops were clearly raised by single mothers, and it was like, wait, so you're now blaming. Because we can say what we want about those dudes, right? And they deserve everything they get. But those are five dudes who went to college. Like, most of them were, um, they pledged a frat. You know, like, these were not hoodlums. These These were career police officers. Like, they went to college. So the idea that in the worst time possible, when you can't blame this dude, you blame the five other people who are are black, and it still ends up on black women and smoth, black America's fault and the way the, the our culture. It was crazy, and they don't have some white dude that comes out for that. Yeah, when these lone wolves that they get to be, everything's a lone wolf. It's an isolated incident. Him being white doesn't even have anything to do with why he's you know shooting people. or Anything. There's no guy that comes out and goes, "Hey man, this is the problem: uh, gun culture and white homes." Or, there's no guy like that, you know. And I just I find that so. I find that so crazy. To, you know, I think that's so crazy. You know what I mean? But what I want to make clear, because I'm not trying to get on the soapbox thing again. This was just something that happened. And, you know, people were calling me and telling me that schools are shut down and neighborhoods are closing and stuff. So it was and I was like, oh, my God, when they well, they're going to kill this guy. Right. I mean, he shot a cop. And then I see him, you know, being walked to the police station in <laughs> handcuffs, not a bruise on his face. No. Fine. Was this a traffic stop? No, no, he was called because he was in mental, he was, he was having a mental crisis. Oh, okay. And they came out and he shot a cop. He shot the cop that responded. Wow. Right? Which is like, I, that's terrible that he's having such a mental crisis, but he shot a cop. Yeah. And then he shot another cop after running for 39 hours. And my point is, I want to make, I just want to make it clear is that I'm not saying I want white people shot by cops too. I want like a consistency. Exactly. It just doesn't seem yeah. to be, a, it seems like there's two different ways to yep. police, Depending on what you look like, and it's like be consistent across the board, or we need to come to the table and address it, or address a real systemic issue. The only thing I can say,
1: and I could be wrong, but if he was black, he he he'd have been dead. It's wrong. it, and it's
0: like we can't prove that, but it's but you can't can tell know. me I can't. But we can so though. So we so many can. examples. Yeah. yeah, there's there's plenty of examples for us to be able to infer that, but like we can't we can't deal in. The negatives, like we can't prove a negative. We don't know that that would have happened because he wasn't black. But like, but if, we've, if seen certainly mass, f- we've seen we've mass shooters seen, walk out. We've seen people do way less than, and get killed by the police. Yeah, you know. So there's they're that are black that are black. That's my point. Yeah, you know. So, about, yeah, mass shooters who a lot. The guy that shot at the if they, if they don't commit
1: suicide, they're,
0: they're being they're apprehended. And Dylan Roof, uh, the kid that shot the up uh, uh, Stoneman Doug, Douglas High School, even though he was like kind of. He was passing, but his last name was like Cruz or something like that. But he was passing. He, he, he looked like a kind of a white guy. But my point is, there's a color chart. Yeah, and depending on if they can look and if if you look fair skin from a distance, they're approaching you differently than they approach somebody who was clearly they can go black male, black woman. It's a different way of policing. Yeah, and so I'm just asking for you know I'm just asking like wh- where's the where's the line and the consistency. You know, I feel I feel weird and gross being like, damn, they got him alive. You know, it's it's it's, and then you and then you ask, you go, they got him alive, and you go, was he white? Yeah. And it feels like most of the time when I ask those two questions, I'm right. You know, and when I ask the other questions, damn, they shot him twelve times because he because he had a pocket knife, and it was in his pocket, but it didn't he didn't take it out, or it was a traffic stop, but what they shot him fifteen times. Was he black? Yeah. And usually I'm right. Yeah. But usually it's like, okay, he shot 10 people and they got him alive. Yeah. And that's the question I ask. I go, was he white? <laughs> and usually yeah. I'm right. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. Like that seems like there's <laughs> a lack of consistency, right? Absolutely. So it's just something to think about. I don't know.
1: But speaking of, I wanted to bring up uh, these videos of, uh, I haven't seen them a lot lately uh, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. These videos of people calling, I mean, this is not new. Okay. These people, like videos of people calling the police. Yes. But are... Lying? Lying. Oh, yeah, yeah. And putting on this this, this show and this... The tears. The tears. The I'm afraid. This, this Please whole hurry. Act, this that's whole an act of terrorism. terrorism. Oh, I have a black guy mm-hmm. who's Please hurry. harassing oh me. Oh, my God. And,
0: I'm, I feel unsafe. And it's like... That is an act of terrorism. You are... That's called, crazy. You are... I, I, I pray to God I'm never in a situation like that. Because it would really... I would be afraid for my life. Because what you're doing... You know what you're doing. Yeah, You're calling the police to come, weapons drawn, yep. to, to kill me, yeah. to save you, because I've inconvenienced you in a way. You know what your intentions are. You know what you're into. your intentions are. Police come here fast. fast and be ready for danger because there's a black man. I'm terrified. Come hurry fast. And so for me, the idea that you would take it that far when you know, we all have the internet these days. Everybody has Twitter or a friend that has Twitter. You're getting sent these links and you know how a lot of, some of, whatever kind of words you want to use to put together a sentence. There, are, there is a contingency in a, in, a, in, a, you know, in a collection of black people in this country who don't really want to deal with the police because they are afraid. Yeah. So when you call the police and you're telling them that you're afraid for your life, you're sending a hit squad to come and kill me. Is how I take that, especially if I'm sitting there not doing anything. Like if we're talking about the same video, I've seen a couple too, but we're talking about, if we're talking about the same video, it was like a guy delivering something. Yeah, a guy yeah. like yeah, he was doing HVAC scene, yeah. or he was he he had on a work shirt that had his name on it. And the way she carried on, yeah, I, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And I hope he got the fuck up out of there. Yeah. There were people who were like, hey, do we have eyes on this guy? Is he okay? cuz people were concerned. Yeah. Cuz when the police come, they're coming three cars deep with the lights on, ready to kill somebody Crazy. because they think somebody's being murdered.
1: No, so man, that, that, yeah. that
0: pissed me off, man. I, I don't know how I would react. I think that's one of the most fucked up things you can do to a person of color, yeah. especially. But but or any to call the police to weaponize the police is the word I'm looking for. To weaponize the police against a group of people who you know and see the history, the recent history, the yep. still fresh history. George Floyd and Tyree Nichols and countless, countless names. That's still fresh. There were marches in every city across this country, so you can't act like you live under a rock. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know there was a bad, you know, animosity or tension or whatever between black people and the police right now. I just was like, he was getting on my nerves, and I wanted <laughs> him to go away. You know, so you can't act like you live under a rock. Yeah. Everybody knows that that is a possibility. That you know you're, 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 yeah. you're trying to scare that black person should away. should be charged. Yes. For making, for, I don't know if it's a false report. I don't know what it is, but like, you know what you did. If yeah. I catch it should you be charged, on film, they should be held accountable that lady with that. the phone, that was in a, the, the black lady that had the, sun, the, she became a meme. Oh the yeah. The white lady yeah, that yeah. had the sunglasses on and she's yeah. like, they're barbecuing in the, yeah. hurry up to have grills. You know what I mean? Like she should be fine. I'm not saying, I'm not saying lock the lady up for 20 years. I do. Not 20 years. But you should, they should be held accountable. Some purity. kind of consequences to to, to 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 deter you from doing it again. You should face consequences for doing something like that cuz that's so clowned out and fucked up and potentially lethal. Yes. You want to potentially have me killed or fucked up even us even that or even just jammed up I got to go bail out or something cuz they came and arrested me in and you inconvenience me in some kind of way or that guy loses his job. Yep. Cuz they found out there was an incident and he loses his job and cuz what? Cuz you didn't whatever the fuck you, you felt inconvenienced or you don't know him. He makes you scared. So you made a just carrying on, man. I don't, I, I don't get it, man. So yeah, I, that is one thing I do agree with that uh, if you are making false reports and it's proven, you know, cause obviously I can't tell somebody they're not afraid, but I can tell you if I'm, if I'm seeing a video of a guy at work doing his job yeah. and the person is saying, I'm scared. He's coming at me, screaming, crying, this looks, <laughs> this looks fake. You know, this looks like you're carrying on in that situation, and I feel like that footage should come with some consequences. Yep. So, it's something to think about. Um, but, in the meantime, it's been a couple of weeks. Let's get to some shout-outs, and we're going to change the music up this week. Well. That's right, folks. It's time for some Patreon shout-outs. Before we get into that, I just want to let people know, this Friday, February the 17th, Fran? February the 17th. Uh, yes. February the 17th. Yeah. We will do We will be doing a virtual house party live on Patreon. Join us. Have some fun. Have some drinks. Have some laughs. We're going to have a good time. Join us. I'm saying it out here on the podcast. I'll be promoting it on social media. Come join us. Have a good time this Friday. We're going to have a good time. Um oh, we're going to kick things off though with the shout outs. We're going to start off with a shout-out to a Shelly S. Shout out to you, Shelly S. Keep doing your thing. It looks like you're laying in a crib. But uh, that can't be the case because I'm sure you're an adult. <laughs> Babies can't sign up for Patreon. Up next, we got Genevieve S. Shout out to you, Genevieve S. That's a great name. It's very uh, regal. Maybe you have a pearl necklace of some kind. That's great for you. Keep doing your thing. Up next, we got Lauren R. Lauren R. Much love and appreciate appreciation to you. Appreciate Shen. Um, Lauren, I tell you what the low uh your bank account's a little low lower in the i don't know uh up next we got (laughs) up next we got sharon c shout out to you sharon as we say as we say in baltimore shout out to you sharon keep doing your thing much love and appreciation to you sharon up next we got maddie c maddie c thank you so much um it looks like that's a professional photograph you're in the woods there's uh dandelion pieces floating around you and it's very angelic Um, Up next we got Amanda R Amanda R. Much love Shout out to you Keep doing your thing Never give up It's early in 2023 But it's a prosperous year Make the most of it You get out there And you do what you can For somebody that you love If not do it for yourself Because that person that you love Hey guess what Love yourself as well Do it for you Do it for yourself If you love somebody You can't love anybody else Love you How about that up next, we got uh, Kelly L. Shout out to Kelly L. Much love. Keep doing your thing as well. Uh, Pictures of Fox. It's not a real Fox. It's a uh, cartoon Fox, so I don't really know anything about you, but um, I love the name Kelly. It's a great name. Cadet Kelly. Hillary Duff. We know, You know how I feel about Hillary Duff. She's great. Up next, we got uh, Ariel. Oh, okay. Ariel or Ariel. I'm not sure. Ariel or Ariel. Either way. Thank you. I feel love as well, Fran. Um, and I think that she's great, and I hope she has a blessed 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. They agree. They agree.
0: Up next, we got uh, <laughs> up next, we got Savannah R., like Savannah, Georgia. Shout out to you. We uh, appreciate you and the support. And we hope you're enjoying the content over there. I hope that there's things for you to enjoy and, and laugh at and think about and ponder on. Uh, up next, we got... Uh, Yes, uh, and we get back into it. Uh, Hillary B, shout out to Hillary B. Um, um, you are awesome. And some of the you can take some of the letters from your first name and the la- the first letters from your last name, and guess what you have? Lil B, the base god. He- forever in my heart, friend. Forever in my heart. Wonton soup. Up next, we got uh, th- oh, Teya. Taya G. That's interesting. It's T H E A, but it's it's pronounced Teya. Thank you for the clarification, Taya, and um, thank you for uh, the support as well, and we hope to continue to bring you more things that you make you think, and laugh, and have fun, and you know, whatever, shock, and awe, all that good stuff. And lastly, we got Pamela T. Pamela T, thank you so much, Pamela, uh, we appreciate you and we think that you are great, and you are a great person, and I think- How you know That's how you say it. I, that's just how I'm choosing to say it. Oh, okay, um, you know I'm choosing to say Pamela. Pamela, uh, and I think that their picture is uh, several care bears. So they you know so hey we care about you, and thank you for bearing what you had in your pa- your purse if you carry one of those or satchel and uh, you know presenting it to us and you know th- throwing us a few shillings our way. Shout out <laughs> to you. Shout out to you. Pamela. Why are you? Why the Pamela? Yeah, Pamela T. Uh, Shout out to you, Pamela T. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. And uh, yeah, um, happy Valentine's Day to everybody on there. We love you all. Thank you so much. Um, Fran, like I said, this Friday, February 17th, virtual house party. Me and Fran are going to kick it. We're going to get those virtual, we're going to get those uh, technical difficulties we had last time. We're going to get those sorted out. I have an Ethernet uh connection there were people out there who had some things to say about my connection guess what i'm i'm plugging directly into the mainframe this friday friend i'm going directly into the mainframe there will Good. be no wi-fi involved Good. you will figure out your whole screen thing getting yourself on the screen it was all it was your connection no no, no 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 we're yeah. not going i'm not gonna take the whole I'm not, evening i'm not gonna take blame for your your end as well wow. i'll take responsibility for what i can control i bought an ethernet port we're going plugging right into the matrix. At least on my end, I will be plugging directly into the Matrix this Friday, February 17th. Join us in the Matrix, if you will, for a virtual house party. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right. And we are back, Fran. I believe much like me, uh, we've been sitting on both our stories Since the Tyree Nichols uh, episode, uh, I was, I was, you know, we both came ready to do a podcast and then that happened and things kind of went out the window and changed up a a bit. So I've been waiting to tell this story because I was, this was, I felt felt like this was an interesting story to tell during Black History Month. Um, And, you know, then that happened. So things, you know, things had to be shifted around, but now we can get back into regular programming. It's also interesting from the conversations that we had about Tyree Nichols and the conversation I even had earlier today, it kind of, again, goes into how racism can affect so many aspects of our day-to-day life and institutions. And, and from now, from the story I'm telling this week, from a different perspective, but still like the same tree. Mm-hmm. So uh, my affirmative murder this week is the story of O'Neal Moore. Uh, so friend, in the, in the year 1964, O'Neal Moore became one of the first two black deputy sheriffs in Louisiana's Washington Parish. During the 1960 and 1964 elections for sheriff in Washington Parish, the Ku Klux Klan ran their own candidate against Sheriff Dorman Crow. There was an election, a a sitting sheriff against a Klansman, the Klan found a guy that I guess they cleaned him up, wiped the, the, all the shit off of him and racism and polished up it. They didn't wipe the racism off, but they were like, we're running a guy against you. So the weak so the Klan can get a foothold in this parish in Louisiana and have a Klansman sheriff, mm-hmm. right? So that was the plan. What do you think, uh, you know, uh, it was the solution to this by this guy, Dorman Crow. I'm going to get into a friend, but guess what? It's a very familiar, very tried and true uh, strategy that po- politicians use to this day. Okay, but we'll get into it. So, they used various tactics to try to take the mantle of sheriff in the name of the Klan, but came up short both times. So you see, the Klan wanted its own man in office to preserve the hierarchy of seg- of segregation. You know, so what? Hey, no what surprise. have a guy at the top. Yeah. And proud of it, too. The hmm. Klan endorses this sheriff. When Sheriff Crowe was seeking re-election in 1964, he, like many politicians both past and present, have often done, once again sought support from the black community and promised that if he was reelected, he would hire two black deputies. So he came to the black neighborhood, asked for their vote, and said, in exchange for the vote, I will put in position people that look like you in positions of authority. Is this the Klan's people? No, no, no. This is the sitting sheriff. He's like, guys. So he came to them. He goes, guys, (laughs) you don't want a Klan sheriff deputy. I mean, I I know I'm not like the most not racist guy in the world, but I'm not in the Klan, right? He, He need our help exactly so it's uh what's the argument that got joe biden elected uh the lesser of two evils mm. this they came with the classic the cl- <laughs> this has been done for generations right yeah this is the classic lesser of two evils uh d- defense right so he comes to them comes to the black community in louisiana in washington parish and he goes hey guys would you rather have me or a fucking klansman and the and the black people went that's easy I, I don't know how easy it was, but it was easy enough for them to vote for him. I'm sure they Absolutely. went, I'm sure they went, well, I mean, you called me a hmm when I was coming out of the grocery store just last week, but you didn't do anything to me. I mean, you're not wearing a white you're not wearing a white hood, and you're not a burning a cross yeah. on my lawn. Now, you know, are you racist? Probably a little bit, yeah. but I guess I I'll take it. this racism. You're not overt about it.
1: Yes. Oh, if he, like, a- drop his hat. What if you like put his jacket on and drop his hat out? His hat falls out.
0: Oh. <laughs> Oh shit! Damn. After, yeah. yeah, after you made the speech, yeah, you're, you're like, like, yeah, guys, you? guys, I'm not in the clan. I would know. So vote for me, and then a fucking a little mini burning cross falls out of his pants. Like, yeah. oh shit, that's my friend's. That's not mine. I swear. Tries to kick it. Yeah, give, <laughs> <laughs> give me your vote, guys. Give me your vote. I swear, I'm cool. I'm hey, I'm down. He starts doing that. <laughs> Whatever nah, this, is. he starts talking talk jive. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm with it. You know we are brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me uh, slap me five on the black hand. So, all right, man. Okay, okay, man. Too far. That damn Hillary Clinton went up there and so she said, "What do you keep in your purse?" She said, "A hot sauce." What was this? When she was, <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, would you look at this, man?" What was this? She went up on Breakfast Club and you know she's trying to pander to the black audience. So she so that you know uh, Charlemagne and one of them people went. Hey, so Miss uh, Miss uh, Defense Secretary She was in a Breakfast Club? Bro, she was she was on stage with Jay-Z. Oh, they all come, you know, they come, you know, they gotta come pay homage when they want that black vote. But anyway, so they asked her a question, like <laughs> I think one of her probably her assistants probably prepped her, like, you gotta listen to some Beyonce. Beyonce, black people love Beyonce, so you know, you know, you gotta be ready. And what if, and black people love this and that and the third. So they go, you know, what do you keep in your bag? You know? Yeah, a iPod. This, you know what I mean. Like, what do you keep in your bag? Oh, hot sauce, man. You keep a bottle of hot sauce. So- you <laughs> you you keep a bottle of hot sauce in your purse.
1: And she worth like really, worth like millions? Millions of
0: dollars, man. You, you don't gotta do. Hot sauce? You don't gotta do that, man. That's what they think of us. That's
1: <laughs> that's, that's we, we all just have like hot sauce. You know, like go? Go. like we all.
0: I'm like you guys. We all keep a to go hot sauce on us. That's crazy. Sometimes the chicken just shows up. Sometimes you just gotta sauce it down. I keep hot sauce in my bag. Oh, racism is so funny sometimes. I really think about that like at least once a week. No, What's what do you know. keep in your bag? Oh, hot sauce. I didn't know that. Oh, some hot sauce. So she was ready. Oh yeah, so she thought she was ready. Yeah, so she thought black people were gonna be like, she keeps hot sauce in her bag. Well, you got my vote. No, that's crazy. I didn't know that. No, not, no, I think about that at least once. What's a your week. favorite fruit? Waterberries. You know, you guys all like waterberries, right? Am I right? They're like, what? No, you know, I love a nice seedless waterberry uh, on a summer day. You know, like all of us do. (laughs) Man. Some Flavor Aid? Everything's wrong a little bit. (laughs) Flavor Aid. You know, uh, purple, you know, purple Flavor Aid. I love it. It's the best. Oh, Black History, (laughs) (laughs) Month. So, so... So uh, so uh, anyway, Sheriff Crowe, he goes into the black neighborhood, he, he goes and he panders and says, hey guys, if you give me what I want, I'll give you something that you guys are not really asking for, but you'll have some police officers that look like you for yeah. the first time ever. Hooray! It worked, right? Black people showed up to the polls and pushed his campaign over the line. He kept his promise and hired O'Neal Moore and Creed Rogers, the first two black deputies in the history of Washington, Paris, in, in Louisiana. So it was a monumental thing. Yeah. You know, For even if it's just posturing and it's just a symbolic thing and whatever, it still was a, it, we, we break down walls, man. Yeah. He kept it was, us out of the bargain. He kept, he kept it up. That's what he offered. It was enough for them to get to come out and vote. So that's what, it, there was no false promise here. Okay. He, he did what he said he was going to yeah. do. I find it interesting that, you know, that was enough. I'm sure he made some other promises too, but that probably was a big promise. Like, come here, hey, you guys will be policed by people that look like you. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure at a point that sounded good until Tyreen, you know, until we saw evidence for a fact that that doesn't really matter in 2023. But in 1964, maybe it sounded good. Maybe it was like, yeah, black people policing black people. It'll be better. The Klan was furious. To them, it was an insult for a black man to have the ability to arrest a white man or worst, a white woman. It was the ultimate insult that a black man would have the power of the law behind him. So they were terrified of this, mm-hmm. as they are often terrified of everything. Insult? Yeah. <laughs> So if I steal, you get to arrest me? No. Never in my life. You know who runs this country? <laughs> no, man. Racism is insidious, bro. And sometimes you're so racist, you don't even think you're being racist. You just think you're asking for like a, re- like a normal request. So, like I said, the Klan's furious at these two hires, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Furious. Furious. That's understatement. Yeah. Oh, man. And crazy shit is coming out of them, too. You think I'm going to let some chimp put handcuffs on me? You're like, damn. No, <laughs> nah, it's crazy, man. No, racism is wild, crazy, but it, like the creativity is insane. i didn't heard some of the most crazy shit ever, bro. Like and and, and ruthless. Like I never like th- like unabashed. Like they don't care. They just for, say the most horrible things to you. That's well,
1: why do you keep comparing us to monkeys? I don't know, man.
0: <laughs> White people have thin lips. Monkeys have thin lips. I always that's always makes me laugh. Like you know, like you know, I see videos of monkeys and monkeys make me they laugh because I see the human mannerisms in yeah, it and yeah, in, in sure. us and in them. Yeah, yeah. But this idea that like. Y'all look like monkeys too. We all yeah. kind of look like monkeys because we all came from monkeys. Like We all kind of look like monkeys a little bit. Is because they're, they're black? They're not black. They're they have hair. They're brunettes. they're brunettes. Monkeys are not black. They are brunettes. They have pink skin underneath the hair. Monkeys are white. Hmm. They just are brunettes.
1: Why do you compare the monkeys then?
0: Like we jump oh, I, don't I don't think because oh, who knows bro I, yeah <laughs> I, oh, oh yeah yeah no it's racist this shit. yeah no, no 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 let me be clear friend yeah yeah it's yeah. some super racist shit while they think why they do it yeah yeah, for sure. but yeah no so some, the clan headquarters was going up they were t- they were saying some wild stuff in there for sure. Mm. so uh, throughout the parish, Different clan hubs, because there was different clan hubs all throughout Louisiana, but all the different clan hubs began plotting vengeance for the sin of progress mm. and equality and what, the, and what they wanted to do about the new Negro deputies. Oh, So it's all buzzing. Everybody's like, what should we do? We, should we burn something down? This, that, and the third. Everybody's, all these clan hubs are all just, you know, buzzing with anger. So this led to the clan ambushing Moore and Rogers exactly a year and a day after the two deputies began their jobs. On June 2nd, 1964, at approximately 10.30, Washington Parish Sheriff's Office deputies O'Neill Moore and David Creed Rogers were gunned down in Vernado, Louisiana, while they were on duty. They were investigating a brush fire when they noticed that they were being followed by a dark-colored 1950s-era Chevy pickup truck with a Confederate flag on it. And the idea that you're in a police cruiser and you're a police officer and you're afraid that some civilians are behind you just speaks to the power of racism, like they again, like like these Klansmen didn't want. These guys have the law behind them. They are the they are p- police officers. Yeah, and you still get that it's reversed. You know how you know when we're talking about we're riding around and the police get behind us. Yeah. these police officers who are black felt that about just a, van, a truck of white people being behind them. Yeah. They felt that same nervousness, even with the the uniform on and in a police car. They still the uh, the. The uh, the banner of white supremacy still cast them a, a, a you know a cloak of authority as civilians to make two police officers afraid. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Like they're doing their job investigating a brush fire that was probably a lie. I feel like this whole thing was a setup. I'll get into it, but they're investigating a brush fire, get called out to the middle of nowhere, and then a truck with a Confederate flag pulls behind them, and I'm sure they're like, "What the fuck is that?" So yeah. that nervous feeling. Yeah, is it fucked up to say that most
1: people that have a Confederate flag is racist?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I don't really care about that. There's an argument about heritage and history. And, you know, my grandfather was a, a um, he fought in the Confederacy or whatever. But it's like, bro, your grandfather was a traitor then. And he betrayed his country. So it doesn't mean they're racist. And a loser too. Doesn't huh? mean they're racist. I mean, I think so. Yeah, I've never seen anybody re- f- flying the Confederate flag that <laughs> even if they're going... No, man, it's just because my grandfather was in the uh, Confederacy. But if you talk to him some more and they start going like, I'm just saying, like, you can stand up for the national anthem. It all this all there. Like, they, mm. some people might try to hide it and be like, no, I love everybody. We're all equal. But I'm just saying, like, have you seen the, the murder rate in Chicago? That's all they all it's, They all have the same talking points. There's so like, lady, I'm not racist at all. But like, I'm just saying, like, there's a lady that, ha- that has a, a Confederate sticker on the back of a car.
1: Yeah, she's probably well, she's racist. super nice to me.
0: She's probably being extra nice to you cuz she wants to be like I'm not racist. But if you go if you go <laughs> if you could take a fly like a fly camera and put it on her wall during dinner at her house oh, and, and they were oh, flying everywhere. Man. You see they got another one of them that was robbing a royal farms. Man, it's just I just wish they'd all go away. But there's this nice one at my job. You know, he's real nice and we we talk <laughs> and everything. He's always listening to the
1: podcast. Got a male suit on. Somebody be nice to Be nice to him. <laughs> I not have that shit He's on one either. of the good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> That's what you are at her dinner table.
1: Hey man, if it keeps me out of harm's way sometimes, I'll take I'll it, bro. Take
0: it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll be a good one, bro. Just leave me alone. Leave whatever me it is. Alone, just let me. Be. Like if I have to walk around my meals you all the time for you yeah, guys, like, <laughs> leave me alone. Hey <laughs> man. Oh yeah, when, when I'll the, sleep on it. When the race war, when, when the race war, war breaks out, bro, throw, throw that shit on there. Like gonna I'm gonna fucking kill you, you nick. Oh, oh, he's a mailman guys. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I, I, sorry, man. Hey, thank you for the W-2s, man. We appreciate you. Hey, you stay safe out there. Some crazy folks out there. Oh, man, people love me. I almost blew you away, man. I thought you were one of the bad ones, but clearly you have a job, and that means, you know, you're one of the good ones. Amen. Black History Month. Man. <laughs> oh, good times. So, um, so, anyway, Moore was killed instantly in the shooting, because they, mm. they pulled up, basically the truck pulled past them and shot both of them as it rolled past them in their car in their police cruiser a truck pulled past them and shot the car up so like i said moore was killed instantly in the shooting uh the left side of his head was blown out Mm. by a bullet from a high-powered hunting rifle while rogers was wounded in the shoulder by by shotgun pellets and blinded in his right eye so they lit this car up jesus and this this is a this is a police hit but again you guys aren't police like the white guys are police. You got we don't respect or fear you or any of that. So you guys aren't even this is just fake. I don't even your authority isn't real. So we'll roll up on you and shoot you like you just are black people in this town that we would do this to wow. anyway. That's how little they respect the the uniform on them. Wow. So that's like when I'm talking about how racism just can contort and twist things around and you know, systemic racism. The system is even can be bigger than the police sometimes. It's fluid, man. It's fluid and it's ever changing. Yeah. And again, that's why it was funny to see. That's five cops be arrested. Yeah. For you know, in the case be closed so quick, and they were all black. And
1: and still speaking of that, I still can't get over it. there was not one uh,
0: back to blue. Or no. It, oh, not, it's quiet. Not one. Oh, quiet as anything. Not one. Quiet as a church mouse. That's crazy, man. I because, still think about that because that's wild. Because what it is is it it's so racist that it reinforces it's like black on black crime. It's so racist that they immediately were like, well, those aren't cops. Those are black people. And so it's black on black crime. It's not police violence. It's black on black crime. That's how racist it is. Man. It made, it, did a full It went full circle back to black, back to black on black crime. They weren't police officers. They were, this was five black dudes just killed a black guy. Black on black crime. Man. Memphis man is getting out of hand. They made those dudes into thugs, they, which they were. But my point is, they were college-educated men who chose a career path. Like, they are police officers. These are not... You can't just go, thugs. Like, no, these are educated people who went to police academy and jobs and work and everything. We are—I—we can all agree that their actions were those of thugs, but these were educated men who went to the police academy. You don't get to just cast them off as thugs and gangsters yeah. or something yeah. like that. Like, no, no, no. These were police officers. This was not black-on-black black crime. This was not single black mothers... Raising men This was none of that This was bad cops But it was That back to blue shit It was real quiet bro Man I was like no This is just black on black crime So like you said Fluid is a good way To describe racism It just It can take on Whatever shape Or whatever bottle Or jar you put it in And in this case It was like Oh you guys hired Two black cops Well we don't respect them And we took that As an insult And you will never Arrest me As a white man I would never let a black man Put me in handcuffs So we're gonna kill them Anyway, like I said, these guys were ambushed and shot up and their car. Their cruiser was shot up viciously, and um, O'Neal Moore was killed at the scene while uh, Creed Rogers was injured pretty severely with shotgun pellets to his uh, eye that blinded him. Rogers called law enforcement for backup, describing the pickup truck from which, he, from which the shots had been fired from. As a result of the description, Ernest Rayford Ray McElveen, a resident of Bogalusa, Louisiana, and and Klan member, was arrested in Tylertown, Mississippi, about an hour after the shooting because he was driving a black 1955 Chevy pickup truck with a Confederate flag decal on the right bumper. And all of that sounded mad racist. Ray McElveen from Bugalusa, Louisiana, and uh, he was found in Tylertown, Mississippi. That all Man, sounds that sounds super southern, it's mad deep south. <laughs> just it made me humid reading it. Flies buzzing all around me and shit. It got real. It got real humid in here just from reading that. Muggy. So McElveen told law enforcement that he was a, he was at a secret meeting. This was his, this was his uh, his alibi. He said he was at a secret meeting, but refused to provide any more details. In his truck, arresting officials found, among other things, several firearms, a rope noose, and an assortment of ammunition. So, a, a pretty smoking gun. Yeah. Right. Uh, McElveen was charged with Moore's murder, and known Klan members raised funds for raised twenty five thousand dollar bond, and he was released nine days after the murder. Another suspect in Moore's murder was Elmo Breland, who a few years later was convicted in the murder of a white man in Bugalusa, Louisiana. The Klan also beat and whipped white men who Klansmen felt weren't holding down a job or were drinking too much. So if you weren't, if you weren't representing yourself proudly as a white man, they would uh, punish you for making them look bad, for being a bum, I guess, basically. basically. Yeah, yeah. But like, you guys all are, you guys all look bad, man. Like. If you talked bad about the Klan, they usually found out and you'd have a cross burned on your yard or might be attacked. Mm. A Bogalusa white woman's husband had been kidnapped and beaten by the (laughs) Klan. So this woman, whose husband was kidnapped, she later told the newspaper in Bogalusa that, I used to think that maybe there was some good to the Ku Klux Klan, Mm. but you know what? It turns out they're nothing but a no good pack of no good devils. So up until it happened to her. She was like, "I don't know, they're just some Nothing guys right. they just like wearing costumes and you know keeping the white race pure. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, I can't be proud to be white <laughs> and then they then they fucking then they fucking took her husband out of the house and beat the shit out and they were like, and she was like, You know what? they're like not really nice, yeah, I was wrong. Who would have thought the guys riding around on horses with um, hoods and burning people's houses down they're not that nice, really, huh." Flabbergasted, (laughs) nonplus, nonplus. The the FBI ended up devoting significant resources toward the solving of this crime for for decades. Uh, So if this, so the money was allocated both immediately following the shooting and over the years following. Uh, For instance, the FBI attempted to recreate the ambush with Rogers on the scene. So they, this guy who survived, Mm -hmm. his partners killed. They bring him out. The plan. The plan. I'll get to how it fell apart. But the plan was we're going to bring Rogers out. We're going to recreate. We're going to have a truck drive by and fake pretend to shoot the police cruiser mm-hmm. so we can really see how it played out. So we can you know, get an idea of, you know, what the scene looked like. Right. Local like residents found out about this and they showed up to the scene causing such commotion that, that the FBI had to cancel the recreation. Oh, OK. Yeah. So they found out that the police, that the FBI was doing work and detective work and were like, no, 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 no. I don't think so. We're just gonna go and cause an uproar. We're gonna go mm. protest that they wouldn't let them recreate a crime scene. Wow, they got they like caused such a commotion that they had to leave. A cop in Bogalusa, which is this name is it feels mad racist. Like it feels like that feels like a slur, like something you call a black person <laughs> in Louisiana. Bunch of Bogalusas, they were all hanging out at the jazz club. Yeah. Uh. So uh. So a cop in Bogalusa had tipped off the lawyer for Ernest Ray McElveen, and that's that's how word got out about the the recreation. A police officer who was in on the fact that the FBI wanted to stage the crime scene again and have the other police officer who was shot be there and kind of give his uh, take on how the truck pulled up and everything. Why? Because he part of Glenn? Yeah, probably. Or he's a sympathizer or something. But yeah, he tipped off the lawyer to McElveen. So he got that information to how's Ray it, McElveen. How's that spelled? What? McElveen? Uh, M-C, so Irish, capital E-L-V-E-E-N. McElveen. Right. So his lawyer found out from a cop who, so and then he passed that information on to McElveen, who then passed the information on to like his girlfriend or wife and the other people, Klansmen, other people that live in the in the parish, and they all showed up to the crime scene like, uh, uh, uh I don't think so. We're not doing. I don't know what kind of investigation you're doing about this, but this is done. Get out of here. To police and FBI, they ran them out of there. They too scared to do anything back to him. Outnumbered, man. The Klan had more authority in this town than the FBI and the and the sheriff's department. They were running people off from doing their job. Like I said, so that tip from the cop, this led to the FBI investigation as to who tipped off the lawyer. So only police officers in, in the FBI should have known that this recreation was even taking place. So once the word got out, they did another internal investigation as to who was the rat, mm-hmm. the cop rat. Yeah. Right? Um the FBI learned that the tipster was Bogalusa Police Chief Claxton Knight. Police Chief. Police Chief. The Chief of Police ratted on his own, put his own police in, in danger and the FBI in danger because they could have showed up and shot that place up again. Yeah. So he put the Klan before his brothers in arms. And again, racism. It's fluid, yeah. you know. Because those weren't like, if anybody who's investigating Klan this. Is his brother. The Klan is his brothers, and if anybody who's investigating this and not just letting it happen that these two black dudes got killed, you're a race traitor, and you're not being a proper white man for caring. Why are you caring? Who gives a shit? They're dead. So if you're putting any effort into investigating this, even as a white man, you're no white man that I respect. Yeah. So I'm going to go tell my brothers, the Klan, my real brothers. So McElveen was the only individual ever charged with Moore's murder. The state ultimately dropped those charges due to insufficient evidence. Wow. even though they found a truck that had a Confederate uh, flag on it which the or Confederate bumper st- sticker of some kind a decal which uh Creed said he saw they pulled this guy over he had ammunition a noose and guns in his car and his alibi was I was at a secret meeting I can't tell you about it though <laughs> and they were like hey we don't have anything that's crazy let him go so over the years, the FBI was able to put together a list of persons of interest through the use of polygraphs, surveillance of subjects, monitoring of phone activities through pen tap and traces. Are you doing this because he was
1: a he was a part of the because police the point, department?
0: What the investigation? No, Are they're doing the investigation because yeah, yeah, because they were police officers. Yeah, the two yeah. cops were killed.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, but I'm saying. They wouldn't be doing a. If this is, mile, this is just two black dudes,
0: I don't think so. I think it would come to an once they, you know, I think it would have came to an end at some point. So yeah, they went the extra mile because that, you know, I think the these guys are supposed to have some veil of protection and supposed to have some backup, which is the state. They're supposed to be resources of the state. You're supposed to have the backing of that. And bro, they
1: have ass in this investigation.
0: I or? mean, the guy had a gun, and ammunition, and a noose in his car, and his truck matched the description. He was a Chevrolet, and they let him go so uh, yeah Man, he's walking he, around
1: with just like a i got a I got a noose ready that's his excuse oiled up so it,
0: it pulled just oh right, yeah, smooth. yeah yeah it doesn't doesn't hitch doesn't catch it really really just pulls you know Man. and his excuse was i just have that you're not making noose? god no that feels racist to shit to even know how to do that i'm sure they have uses i like to hitch a truck or something i don't know but like Knowing how to make a noose just feels mad racist. <laughs> like, it's just... And when are you going to show that off at a party or something? I just Why does anybody I, need to I know that you think can do that? not.
1: It's kind of intriguing to me for some reason. You want to learn how to do it? No, I'm just like... I look at it and I go like, how do you...
0: Oh, yeah. It's like learn- the way it wraps around <laughs> the rope yeah. and then the rope goes through Looks that real- thing and then it makes the... Listen... The Boy Scouts or whoever teaches that, I'm sure it's a great skill. I to was have. in Cub
1: Scout and they wasn't teaching us how to make no, noose, right? noose knots. You know,
0: making like you know, uh, popsicle stick art. Yeah, you know, no, nah, we didn't learn uh, uh, that in the Eagle Scouts. You know, like I, we didn't learn how to make nooses. What I'm saying is, even if it's it a, need good a new name, yeah, or noose. just like get rid of the name at all something. Yeah, it, it just you can't say noose and people not and think noose. of just mad yeah. racist shit. Nobody's like, man, this I really need to um tie down these Christmas tree lights. Yeah. I need a noose knot. I need knot. a noose knot. Yeah, like no nobody goes to that knot. Like if you see a noose, yeah. you know what it is. Like you, nobody's ever come out and be like, oh, no, no, no. I was just I was just uh, tying down some uh, rakes in the back. I got a whole bunch of rakes back there and they keep falling over. I step on them. They hit me in the face. Yeah. So I decided to tie them all together with a noose. No, 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 no. There's only one use that the noose is Yeah, doing. it doesn't have no other There's only noose. one use for a noose. And it ain't a garden work or no. tying trees to the top t- top of your truck or something like that. It's racist shit. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Hey, if you come to my house with anything noosed around the baked goods, oh, I tied all these cookies. I, I made them with noose ropes. No, nah, you got to go. And don't ever <laughs> know me. It's the only not I know, though. It's the only night. <laughs> not- <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the only not I learned how to make. I don't, I don't I don't know how to. I tie my shoes in nooses. That's wild. <laughs> That's mad racist, bro. A noose just sitting on the tongue of your shoe. <laughs> Oh, Black History <laughs> Month is the best, man. Oh, my God. Tiny shoe in a noose? You're like... The, yeah. No, use funny. Yeah, nights. no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Oh you still use the old bunny bunny loop through the rabbit hole or whatever no I do let me tie your shoes son so then the uh, the monkey goes through the thing and he thinks he can come in my neighborhood I don't think <laughs> so around, he comes him. back around you never chasing. stop chasing him all night long he's hiding in the woods <laughs> then you pull it out and he come out out he comes at the top no yeah. more monkey you're like what the fuck kind of shit is this it's crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this racism is killing me inside. It's killing me. Oh my me. god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's fucking so. Hell. Such a racist country. I fucking hate it so much. Oh god! Oh my god! <laughs> new shoes is crazy.
1: There's another noose. You see the bro? I got these new shoes. No, they the noose. They're the noose. Oh, shoes. you got some new shoes? No, I got the noose. No, I got shoes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know how you know how, you know how Tracy McGrady had the shoes that zip up uh, yeah. all the laces. No, but this is just a noose. You just pull the noose tight and yeah. the, you, and you go. It's actually really fast. That's crazy. <laughs> I just slip these bad boys on, tighten the noose, and I'm out the door. You know, <laughs> just do it. Oh man, <laughs> just noose it. Uh, <laughs> 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 fucking ad. I <laughs> just fucking noose it. It's a slave running through the woods, just like booking it, like <laughs> horses and shit. He's trying to get to freedom, and then they a close shot. It gets down to his feet, and he's got the noose shoes on. Noose and he gets to he gets to the Mason-Dixon line. Draws, yeah, he gets to freedom because because the, the noose shoes. Yeah, yeah. Just fucking noose booking it, it. <laughs> booking it. The tattered shirt, right? Chains. Yeah.
2: <laughs> his wrists are shackled.
0: His feet are shackled. It's so racist. Uh, Oh, God. <laughs> no, Nishi's. Oh, yeah. 500 years of pain. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh. <laughs> oh, let me continue. <laughs> so, like I said, even though McElvine was the only person ever officially charged with the murder, the FBI did, according to them, Cast a wide net and used a lot of resources to, to put together a list of persons of interest. So they were tapping phones. They were going over old stories. and they're trying, man. They're trying yeah. for years and, and, and for decades after, right? They even went as far as to use hypnosis on the surviving victim, which was um, Creed. They also compelled witness testimony by grand jury subpoena. So they forced people to tell what they knew in Good. court, in open court. You know, They did everything that they could. Substantial rewards were offered. The FBI's efforts, however, have failed to yield any charges or even to narrow the field of suspects. Witnesses and most subjects have passed away, because this was in 1964, leaving behind second and third generation witnesses who have only heard rumors, speculation, and hearsay to share with the FBI. So the grandson of a lady who was at a a bar the night that they heard the guy's talking about going and shooting those cops he's like this is just some story i heard at the dinner table when i was five like i don't i was not anywhere near that that's all that's left is family history you know because the original person is dead yeah there were cops giving leaking information. There was people running for office who were in the Klan. So mm-hmm. who knows how many people were rooting for that person to win, who were also sheriffs or you know deputies currently, yeah, who just don't wear it on their sleeve like that. So there was double agents within the police department who were working against the the, the FBI's investigation. Mm-hmm. So even the filings and the files like have false stories and false uh, alibis and people intentionally throwing wrenches in. like he, here's, a, here's a guy who you'll never find because he's not real. The man with the one arm. The one arm man. That is, that's not a real guy, but the police are just coming like, oh, I heard uh, I, I did some investigation and I found a new suspect possibly. Yeah. and just send you on a wild goose chase for five years looking for somebody that doesn't exist. Yeah. So yeah. all kind of stuff like that is being thrown in because racism is fluid and the guys who were supposed to be working to solve the murder of one of their brothers in arm. Brothers in arms, you know what I mean? Like O'Neal Moore was a police officer. And there are other police officers who are actively going. I mean, he's not a brother of mine, so fuck that. That's correct. The clan. We got to keep these my clan brothers free. Yeah. Because those are my brothers. But do you feel like there's some re- regret
1: from the um, from the voters, African American voters, that go like, you know, you, I don't want to say you made us vote for you, but you these persuaded columns. us to vote for you for for you to put these two black men in pos- those positions of power. I guess you could say in harm's way. In harm's way, but now they're murdered.
0: And He's you, like, and you got, and you're not even solved and you haven't been able to even solve the, yeah. not even bring justice to him. Yeah. I don't know if he would go the, I don't know if I would say I would feel guilty. I would be upset. I don't think I would vote for him again, but I wouldn't feel like I, cause he did uphold his end of the bargain, you know? Yeah. I and mean, It's like not his job just, to like pr- hold their hand through being cops. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that.
1: But I mean like just the whole outcome of the whole thing is like, it's not just on these cops. It's like the whole community of black people. Like they were persuaded to vote. St- Right, but they're still after they're still after us, trying to kill us out here. Yeah, trying to get rid of us. Mm-hmm. And even when you have a, pos- even when you're putting a,
0: a, a, well, good that's a whole where- different conversation because that's more so like a crushing reality to realize. Damn, we've we did this matter. thing. We tried to make progress. We got some guys in a position of authority. Yeah. and some dudes killed them. Still, still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that goes. I mean, I'm sure that anger kind of like reverberates and, and and riff and ruffles throughout the whole community in every way. Like they don't vote for this guy. They don't trust the police. They're mad at the Klan. Like every, it, it's like the, it's too much anger to go around.
1: But it's still like, but I mean, it still happens today. Where it's just like, why even bother why, why bother yeah. if it's like if it's going to put us a couple steps? If we're just going to go backwards, it's not putting us forward anyway. We're mm-hmm. taking a step forward, yeah. but getting pushed two steps back, and it's like. Now we back where we started. And now we have trauma. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just keep your head buried in the sand. Yeah. It's, yeah, well, yeah, Black History Month. Um, yeah, no, I agree. That's, uh, that's a tough reality. And it's a reality that continues to show itself and make itself evident today. So, you know, that sucks. But I still, you know, I'm an optimist, man. I, I You know, I have to believe that, you know, change can be affected. And you just, you know, just got to keep pushing through. I like to think that the, I think the expression should be like three steps forward, one step back. That's still progress. Yeah. Still further than you were before, you know, cause one step forward, two steps back, you never get anywhere. I don't like that. I think it's, I think it's more accurate. Three steps forward, one step back. Cause we're in a better place than we were in 1954. You know what I mean? Like just, I think that yeah. are there still terrible things? Of course, but we have made progress. But every time you make progress, you go back a little bit and that's, you know, that sucks. But I'd rather keep making the progress, even though you got to deal with what comes and the negativity and the bad stuff that comes. I'd rather keep fighting the fight of of progress, mm-hmm. you know so so, like I said, when I was saying about the investigation, as far as it being filled with double agents and fake speculation and false facts and you know fake testimonies and stuff, there have been so many different stories that were told to detectives that they were never ever true they will ever never, ever truly know where to start looking even. as a matter of fact, this case is so riddled with KKK wizardry that two men confessed to the involvement in the ambushing on tape. They confessed on tape, but even with the confession, it is unlikely that without corroborating with evidence, such as a murder weapon, which I don't know which may, you know, that guy had a weapon, a car full of weapons. So anyway, the department of justice could stop a defense attorney from casting reasonable doubt on a prosecution. So they go, so they won't even bring the case to trial. And now it's too late. These guys are old as fuck. But the two guys that confessed on, t- on tape, they believe that it's not even worth bringing charges up against these men because the DOJ could stop a defense attorney from casting reasonable doubt because they don't have a weapon or any kind of tangible evidence. So basically, they won't even prosecute those two men that confessed on tape because they don't believe that the confession at this point is enough to get a conviction. So they won't even take it to trial. So, in summation, the case was closed. The FBI stepped in and gathered some very compelling evidence and confessions uh, uh, as far as the case was concerning for many decades uh, after the murder. But at the end of the day, the task of taking a case to trial fell short uh, in the township of Washington Paris, Parish, which had one of the highest concentrations of Klansmen per capita at the time of the murder. So, this wow. was like it was like oozing was with capital. Klan people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the Klan capital. A number of which were in law enforcement positions. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they and due to all these things, the, the Department of Justice didn't feel that there was enough strong evidence to take the case to trial, like I said. Creed Rogers retired from the PD in 1988 and died in 2007. His and Moore's relationship was unique. They were civil rights pioneers and partners in the force, two facts that his family believed led to him feeling some survivor's guilt through the years after the murder, because, you know, it's like Buzz Aldrin and uh, Neil Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Everybody says Neil Armstrong's name, but Buzz Aldrin was up there, too, in space. This guy survived. Cree Rogers survived. O'Neill Moore was killed. But they were, the both, they were both pioneers in the first. They were both the first two black cops. Yeah. But O'Neal Moore died on the force. And this guy was shot in that same incident and survived. And he had to live with that. And be like, man, we, you know, we took the uh, newspaper photo and made, you know, headlines, first two black cops. We were etched in stone, immortalized. And this guy was murdered for that. Yep. And I was shot, lost, lost an eye, but I survived. And he's got to think about everything. This was his partner. They did something great together or something, you know, progressive or whatever you want to call it. But it ended up getting one of them killed. And the other one was in the same incident that got the one killed. Yep. So you got to live with that for 20 plus years, man. Until he died, he probably thought about that. For the black community, specifically in Washington Parish, but in cities all across the U.S., with stories so familiar to O'Neill Moore's, this was just another case of misjustice. When the FBI reopened the case in the 1990s, agents got an earful. The bureau noted that the black community believed that the entire investigation was a cover-up from the start. They felt cheated, and that the law and that law enforcement, including the FBI, could not be trusted. Ray McElveen, the prime suspect in the case, died in 2003. He was the only suspect ever charged, and he's gone. So, either this case will remain unsolved, which to this day is still unsolved, or some piece of evidence will turn up in 10 years, and then they'll get some kind of posthumous apology from Washington Parish and give his family a plaque, and they'll say, My bad. And they'll go, Well, guess what? Shocker, but it was Ray McElveen. Who would have thought? He died in 03? He died in 03. And free. nothing. No, he lived a life. He lived his life. So he's gone. and Been gone for a long time. And if he was the guy that did it, we'll never know. So um, rest in peace to Creed Rogers and rest in peace to O'Neill Moore, two guys who, you know, wanted to affect change in their communities by stepping up and wanting to police it for themselves. That's a hard job to sign up for. When you, you actively are hearing white people being like, You'll never. I'll never uh, fall in line with a black p- police officer. You'll never arrest my wife, put hands on my wife, and you still go. No, I, I want to do this. I, I, I believe in the law, oh, and I God. think I can make the law work for me and, and for my people and my community and my neighborhood. And I wanna I wanna do this.
1: It's a brave person, man.
0: Very, very brave person, and it got them killed. It got one of them killed. Yep. You know. So rest in peace, Donnie Moore, and rest in peace to Creed Rogers, man. Two brave guys. Anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's turned turn to get into some fucked up shit, so stick around. Welcome
1: back. My affirmative murder this week is about the story of Henry Lee Jones. So Henry Lee Jones was born in Cleveland, Mississippi. Oh. On August 23rd of 1963. Caught me off guard there. Yeah. Little is known about his upbringing, but later in life... Jones claimed that he grew up without a father and was regularly beaten with various objects by his older relatives. Sure. At some point during his teens, he moved to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where he soon turned to a life of crime and served several prison sentences for minor offenses. On October 3rd of 1981, the then 18-year-old Jones and a 19-year-old accomplice named Jackie Johnson Mm. went to the Johnny Harris Pontiac car dealership in Fort Lauderdale where they planned to steal a car. Mm. After they were presented with the, with several models by a 45-year-old salesman, Joseph Giovanni, they picked the tan 1976 Pontiac Grand Prix, which you know then was a, yeah, a popular it was car. A, it, was a be, it was a beautiful Still. car. Still.
0: And asked to take it on a <sighs> test drive before purchasing. What happened? They did the let me take your bike around the block trick? Yeah. That, you can't do it at the car at a car dealership. Yeah, you can. I, I mean, I guess, I guess you can. But I'm saying like that. I never heard of somebody stealing a car that way. Like you mean you know. Yeah. Oh, I like. I think I want to buy this, and then you just get in it and just don't come back.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it was. It was. It was more. It's a bit more complex than that, because it's like. Oh, okay. Because it's not like they just like. Oh, can I drive to give you keys and let you go?
0: Right. Usually they go Except, with you. Or, yeah, that's yeah. what happens. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yep. It. So it's like you have you have to. Have to I plan. It's not just simple as like, oh, we they give us the I keys. Think I like this. We give them a fake ID. Yeah, and, we'll be and real, we will just do it I'll be back. And we just we just go. No,
0: I got a I, no. I got a bike. I got a bike. Took like that one time when I was like eight years old. Did you? I was like, damn, that's a nice bike. I was like, can I test thank that? you so much. Like, hey, can I do a wheelie? I was like, yeah. And he wheelied that thing into the distance, like <laughs> just like into a mirage. Like he he wheeled it until he turned into squiggly lines. Like I couldn't even and just gone. It was gone. Gone.
1: Never got that bike back.
0: Yeah, I'm such a bitch though. I I'm pretty sure I saw him. And he had spray painted the whole bike down. I was like, Damn, that's a nice bike. I didn't say it to him, but I was like, That's my definitely my bike. Oh yeah, he knew it was your bike. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> oh, he didn't like leave when he saw me. He was like, he he was like, Yeah, yeah. what's up, man? He was just, you know, oh, that's, that's crazy. He didn't go anywhere. He didn't he wasn't like, Oh shit, that's the kid who was bike. That's though. a dangerous was like, individual right there. Yeah, he was like, You see me? Yeah. And it, what? <laughs> what am I gonna run away? No, I'm on this bike. And it's, it's black now. Yeah, so it's not, and it's better, like cooler it. looking than it looked when you had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bitch. Yeah, I'm pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and I went, okay, I'm going to the house. Put the can on the back of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Spokes, <laughs> you put a little uh, uh, clothespin wires in spokes. It yeah. sounds like a mo- uh, moped.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. No, he's done it on
0: you. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It looked way cooler than the bike that I had.
1: You know what's funny? You tell that story, and it's like him telling the story to somebody else. Like, I remember I stole this guy's fucking bike. and I I, A guy is a stretcher. I was eight. Oh, uh, I stole this, <laughs> this kid's kid, bike yeah. back today.
0: Like he saw me, but didn't do shit. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> still call you. I bitch? mean, yeah, it's like, he was like thirteen, which is big. He was like thirteen. I'm like eight. I'm like, what am I gonna fight you? Yeah, man. But I went. out. I it was like, you know what? I don't even want to play today any, anymore. I'm gonna go back in the house. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: crazy to see somebody that somebody stole something from you. Yeah,
0: and then they still like, oh, I'm bothered. oh, I'm bothered on the block. I'm bothered on the block. I that didn't respect. have n- any siblings, That's nothing. Respect. I'm gonna go get yeah. my mom. Nah. Who's gonna bike, go get? That bike has gone. Go <laughs> we'll get my mom? No, nah, I was like, they uh yeah, so
1: they got a nice uh Pontiac Grand Prix and asked to take it on a test drive before before purchasing. Jones drove the car while Giovanni sat next to him mm-hmm. and Johnson sat in the back. And after some time that has passed after Dino drove a couple blocks or whatever, mm-hmm. the pair held Giovanni at gunpoint. Mm. After finding a deserted area, all three got out of the car, whereupon Jones and Johnson robbed Giovanni mm. and forced him into the trunk. Mm. They then picked up Jones's girlfriend, 17 year old Annie Mae Robbins, and drove around for two hours until they found an orange grove where they left Giovanni behind and sped away. Okay, good. So they didn't kill him. Oh, good. They fucking dropped him off at an orange grove. Now you got a car.
0: Now we have a car. Now it's time to go hit the town. Yep. Me and my best girl. Yeah.
1: A few hours after that, after that, you know, uh, test drive happened. Mm-hmm. The trio was pulled over by a highway patrol officer. But as the officer returned to his car after they came over and talked to them, hey, you know, you know, license registration, whatever, <laughs> or just like a brand new car that has, I don't know what they used in this. In this, what was this? Eighty one. I don't know what. Well, they I'm used sure they have. Now they have. I mean, now they have like. Dealer tags. Oh yeah, yeah, like temporary ones. Yeah, I don't like know what they, yeah, I know what they use. I don't know what mm. they used then, because I'm sure that's why they. I got, bet you could get away with it then. Like, oh, I just bought it,
0: and they go, all right, well, yeah, get them, get yeah. get some tags. You're yeah. okay, officer. You, you can get away with all kind of shit like back then. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know why. What well, was they
1: never said the reason why they was pulled over as like they had Are you speeding. They didn't have, t- and it was their That's what I'm saying. Like they didn't have tags Any on the car. The car was, right. Yeah, they didn't yeah, have tags yeah. or like they ran a stop sign. Sure. It was, yeah, I don't know. Um. So yeah, they was pulled over by a highway patrol officer. So as the officer returned to his vehicle to check the license plates, maybe damaged, uh-huh. Jones attempted to speed. Jones attempted to speed away, so he drove off mm-hmm. while on the run. Essentially, is what they this was happening. They ended up on a dirt road with you know this is a, this is a sports car back right. then,
0: so left the cop a bit.
1: Left the cop a bit. Um, so they reached the they reached some train tracks where, uh, again this is a sports car and it's on a dirt road. Mm-hmm. This this. Is what it's made. For. Those things. That, no, it's not. Oh, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, get, get, yeah, sure, Yeah. So it's like <laughs> they strange tracks and they they blow the car's tires out. Oh, okay. and and they cause that causes an oil leak in the car. It's so another car. This brand new car, sports car is That's no true. good. The trio then attempted to run away on foot, but were quickly surrounded by the police. Mm. Robin surrendered, which is his his girlfriend. Yes. Uh, while Jones and Johnson were caught along the I ninety five. Jones and Johnson were both charged, and after a brief, unsuccessful attempt to escape, Jones was found guilty and sentenced to a total of 35 years imprisonment for robbery, kidnapping, and grand theft.
0: That feels excessive a little bit, huh? Dangerous things. Yeah. Put a guy in a trunk. 35 years. Yeah, man.
1: So sources said during Jones's time in prison, he was violent, um, a very uh, mischievous inmate, who was reprimanded a total of thirty six times for offenses such as fighting, assaulting other inmates, mm. weapon possessions, which is wild. Yeah, I guess like I guess a like knife. knife. I think like, I always think like Shift. they got some shit in there. They got like a, gun? Stuck a gun. A gun.
0: <laughs> a gun in there. No, nah, if you can boof a gun, <laughs> put a gun in your man purse or whatever. Yeah. that's crazy. And and if you get a gun in prison, you run prison. Yeah, imagine somebody being like, "All right, keep talking like that. I'm going to shoot you at lunch." That's why. That's like <laughs> that's in crazy. what in prison. Yeah, I don't know why they get it, but yeah,
1: knife. Yeah, it's a, a knife. A piece of bed that they ball, You know, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this- <laughs> hey weapons possessions. Oh, these guys are boiling baby oil. Yeah, so he got uh, weapons possessions, disorderly conduct, and you know some other type of offenses. Mm-hmm. The most notable of these crimes was inciting a prison riot Damn. in the Liberty Correctional Institution at Bristol on January 23rd of 1991, for which he was given more prison time for that. Despite all of his violations, he was released from Tomoka Correctional Institution in Daytona Beach on July 1st of 1997 due to prison overcrowding. Wow. So he didn't even do half of the time.
0: They just let him out. It was like... It's packed in here. You caused too much trouble in here. Yeah. And it's a shitload of people in here, so we just want to... You know, man, you're too dangerous for prison, so we're going to let you back out into the world. Good luck to the people out there, you know? So after he was released from...
1: uh, From prison because of overcrowding. From the period of 1999-2001, to Jones was repeatedly jailed for a variety of offenses ranging from stalking, drug possession, and violating restraining orders. Mm. But either served short sentences or the charges were dropped entirely. Wow. On October 10th of 2001, he was arrested and charged with assaulting his then-girlfriend and stealing a gray 1988 Ford Fiesta. From a car dealership. Same crime. Same crime. So he stole the four Fiesta from the car dealership. But as the district attorney felt that they were lacking credible evidence, the charges of grand theft were dropped and Jones was allowed to plead guilty to two misdemeanor charges for which he was given an eighth month prison sentence for. Wow. So I mean like,
0: he's beginning this year's been getting lucky. Man. Right. And it sounds like they just released him, like not on probe because he's breaking the laws and he But since 35 years, it sounds like they let him out with no supervision or stipulations oh, no, no. like you no. you 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 were let out and committed other crimes like why didn't you get have to go back yeah no on may 14th of
1: 2002 another girlfriend of jones reported him to fort lauderdale police for allegedly drugging and raping her mentally handicapped teenage son wow
0: yep yep that is an esc- I mean i've never we didn't hear about that that's a new thing yeah jesus yep so according to the
1: statement, Jones and the victim had spent most of the day drinking, riding bikes, and using Percodan together. Percodan is asp- a- uh, aspirin and oxycodone. Damn. Until they eventually went to chill at the girlfriend's house after drinking and swallowing more um, per- Percodin.
0: So perks? is that what perks are? You know what? know what? I, I looked drugs. that up, right? That's uh-huh. well, Percocet. That's Percocet. Yep. Percocet. So Never I said,
1: it's, yeah. I, I thought it was the same thing too. Yeah. I saw Percocet and then it's a totally different... I was like, oh, but I, this I never heard of, but I, I re- immediately thought it was Percocet.
0: Yeah. I bet it's like the same property. Probably. Like the, what you said is aspirin and oxy, what? Oxycodone. So probably oxy, Percocet is probably something else in oxycodone. Yep. Yep. Percocet and yep. then Percocet. Percodin. Percodin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the
1: same exact thing. So they went to the girlfriend's house. They took more drugs. Um, so the victim was supposedly left, left near in- incapacitated which allowed Jones to drag him to the, be- the bedroom mm. and just does, does get graphic, continuously rape him for three hours. Wow. Six weeks after the initial report, the assistant state attorney for Broward County, Lauren Kovitz announced that she would not press charges due to the unlikely chance of a conviction. Because of this, Jones was never prosecuted for this supposed crime.
0: Wow. Now let me ask you this, because before he goes to prison, he's a he's a career you know, uh, aggravated assault. You yeah. know, fighting people, stealing cars, this, that, and the third. Do you think? And this is I don't try to phrase this properly because I'm I'm not saying being gay is a choice, but I'm saying in prison, uh, sexual assault is an act of aggression of dominance. Mm-hmm. And he was turned up in prison, being yeah. a menace, yeah. causing riots and stuff. Do you think this was some kind of learned behavior in prison that he possibly adopted out of prison? Because we never heard anything about him sexually assaulting or raping anybody before he went to prison.
1: Probably because he has, from the from the, the reports, he's had girlfriends. Uh huh. So I think what he's doing, he's he had to have learned this, and like, why he was. I prison, have an appetite for this, and now. This doesn't. This is not like, and this is not like an outlier. This keeps happening. The rape, the rape keeps happening to that boy. No, to, oh, like to other, other people. Victims. Oh yes. wow. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, so it it wasn't a, something that we have seen in his case file before. Then he goes to prison and he's let out after years of like doing real jailing. Yeah, fighting in prison and, and yeah. riots. Yeah, and, in and living that real prison life. Yeah. yeah, but I'm talking about that stretch. Yes, where he was, you know, written up and yeah, the, all yeah. this stuff. He, you know, that comes along with the fighting for your manhood yeah taking other people's manhood we, yeah man we discuss it it's prison it's is it's it's the jungle yeah and i feel like maybe he came out and that's like a that's the thing he does now probably i'm it's I, just a guess it's yeah. obvious it's just a guess but it just i'm trying to connect the dots because that just came out of nowhere you know yeah
1: yeah, yeah. i mean that's because for him to jump to that something yeah that's like that. an escalation Yeah. severe
0: from yeah, 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 he yeah. he gets out steals cars and, and he still does that he yeah, gets yeah. out steals another car yep. but now he does that yeah when he was a guy that didn't kill the guy who he, the dealer. Yep. You know, like that's a big escalation. Yep. A kid? Yep.
1: So in July of 2002, Jones befriended 24-year-old Keith Gross, an employee at a local store named Kitchens to Go, which is like, which is a, a retail of, they sell discounted cab, cabinets and shit like okay. that. Okay. And the pair would often smoke weed together, presenting himself as BAM. That was like his, like his name, nickname. His that's nickname. How, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his nickname. Damn. So Jones was introduced to Gross, Gross's employer and friend, Ken Walker. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we have Bam or Henry. Uh-huh. We have the guy he's worked with is Keith Gross, and now he has his other coworker, Ken Walker. Okay. So Ken Walker, who warned to who warned him to steer clear of his new, quote unquote, friend. Yeah. Because he had a bad feeling about him
0: now oh so they would they would hang out and smoke weed together and then he introduces him to his coworker, and his co is like yeah i don't that guy's yeah. off and i've been in a situation sure we all have been
1: in situations where we've been like you just you just around somebody yeah. for like a, yeah five
0: minutes and you go uh, don't trust it i don't know about this uh, guy's got bad news yeah this <laughs> guy just likes trouble wants to cause problems yeah, yeah. especially if somebody's like
1: just very outspoken of like weird shit that they like and it's yeah
0: like, oh yeah i'm I'm out. Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't want to be around. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm good. A- hey, man, I'll catch you. Yeah. You know, I'll catch you later, but I'm not with that. Yeah. So Gross ignored, you know, Ken for the most part. Uh-huh. On September 9th of 2002, Walker had invited Keith to come over to his house so mm. he can watch the football game.
0: Take some percadence.
1: No, no, no. So this is, Ken is, was was Keith Gross's friend. That was yes. his friend before Bam. For Henry. I'm sorry. Let me call him Henry. Yes. Henry came into play. Right. So Ken uh, invited his invited, co-worker. Invited, over. invited. Yeah.
0: Keith over. Yep. He brought, he brought Henry with him. Didn't he?
1: No. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope.
0: Shit. Okay. Nope. Um, don't, 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 just be, don't just be bringing people to my, I invited you here. Oh, like, especially not that guy. I told you. Don't. <laughs> I just told you. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> no, I just, that's audacious. A, like <laughs> I told you to don't hang out with
1: him. You bring him to my house. My house. Nah man We gotta I want my fave bro I'm fighting both of you guys bro Nah cause Now you know He know where I live at Now I gotta deal with this shit Nah man So again Walker invited Keith To come over to his house To watch the football game Mm -hmm. But Keith failed to arrive Walker became worried Even further When he failed to arrive At work the following day Oh no So he didn't show up to his house After we have a little get together Yep And he didn't show up to work The next day And this is Immediately after He goes Bro I don't like this dude You should not hang with this dude. Yeah, right. And like, as a friend, that makes that kind of makes me upset when I go, man. If he would have just listen to me, w- you my boy, I'm looking out for you. Mm-hmm. Listen to what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Mm. But uh, we don't. But we don't know what
0: what transpired,
1: what happened, or you know. What and you can't just. L- that's the thing.
0: Like I, we don't know how long that conversation was between. Because you can't just. Even if you believe him, you got to give it. Some time to yeah. be like, oh, I see it now. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't yeah. just be like, well, my friend told me. So, hey, man, yeah. well, never mind. I'm gonna drop you off back at your house. Like, but I mean, you sh- it, sh- it your antennas should be yeah. up, perk you up for sure. And maybe they were. And that, but you get into it.
1: Again, okay, so Walker became worried after he didn't uh, arrive at work the following day. Mm-hmm. After waiting for a few hours, so you know he was like, maybe he just running up running late. Yeah, he went to Keith's apartment on Sunrise Boulevard to check to check on him. After peeking through the window. Walker saw Keith naked, hog-tied body on the floor of his apartment Wow! with a T-shirt tied around his neck. Wow. Upon closer inspection, he also saw that his throat had been slit and that the killer had apparently wiped the murder weapon on Keith's butt cheek. Wow. Horrified by the discovery, Walker drove back to his store and phoned the police, who who immediately went to the crime scene. The subsequent investigation, led by Detective Mark Shotwell, started posting flyers around the city's gay bars, and they didn't like this, around the city's gay bars as a way to seek information on Keith's death. Mm -hmm. The move was criticized by Walker and Mr. Keith's younger younger brother. Because it's alluding to them calling him gay. Yep. But Michael, who said that Keith was not gay... And would not and would never visit such an establishment
0: that's you know homophobia is kind of crazy that's crazy that that's yeah. what you're focused on yeah. I and mean, your brother was sexually assaulted I yep. mean yeah why are you gonna try to hinder the uh, the investigation by saying don't look there because my brother would never do some gay shit yeah like because by you know but
1: by the information that they have what happened and it' been his brother. They don't want this negative, well, supposed to them, this negative image of yeah. him being gay out to the media or to the public. Right. Because that makes him and his family look bad and Keith look
0: bad. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I I, I think it's wrong, but I get it, what they're doing. Right. Yeah. They yeah. think they're protecting his legacy and right. his memory and yep. stuff. But, I mean, your brother was sexually assaulted. Yeah. Like, you got to put two and two together. You got to try to start somewhere.
1: Yeah. So they instead directed the police the police's attention to Jones, but after questioning, the authorities sensed that it was unlikely that he was the killer. Wow! As they believed Jones to be a to be a straight a straight man, homophobia, and a friend of Keith, he would not he would not have a motive to commit such an act. So because they judged that he was straight, quote unquote, they were straight. Like, yeah, we're looking straight, for like a gay, like a flamboyantly gay guy. Straight and his friend. They was like, no way he has the motive to commit something like this. Because of this, Jones was never arrested, and the case went cold. So
0: well, the coworker didn't step up and go. And the on. only
1: thing I said after that was wow. Because I'm like, that's y'all bring him in, that's it? Yeah. Well, we
0: clearly you're, you know, he's not gay. You're wearing Fubu jeans, so you know, you're not wearing heels or anything like that. So it's 2002, know. So it's like he's wearing baggy clothes. He's yeah. no way he's gay. Yeah, he's not gay. No. Oh. Did you see what happened? We we tried, we did the test, we brought him in a picture of Maya. Yeah, but I mean like we saw he perked up when we yeah, showed him Maya. Yeah,
1: even if the coworker came in and said something that's like, Well, we brought him in for questions. It's like we brought him in yeah. and we questioned. Him, so like what and he's else super straight.
0: So. What else do you want us to do? Yeah. He said they were friends. You're saying you met him with him. Yeah. So they are friends, right? He's like, No, but they had just met and I told him you know, that doesn't really That don't work. I told him that he isn't a good friend. It's like, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yep. He really likes Maya. So I don't he's straight clearly, and uh <laughs> you know, so yeah. A a gay guy did this. Yep.
1: So on August 22nd of 2003, Jones was accompanied by a 20-year-old homeless sex worker named Tavares Young whom he had picked up from a bar in Fort Lauderdale in his Dodge. After paying him to perform oral sex, Jones asked Young to accompany him on a road trip to Burlett, Burlett, Tennessee where he once lived. Mm -hmm. While driving through the town, Jones stopped by the house of an 82 year old Clarence and 64 year old Lillian James, an elderly couple who were well known in the, in the you know in their neighborhood yeah. for their friendliness friendliness towards strangers. Oh no! Clarence politely asked Young to move a lawnmower to the backyard, which Jones u- utilized to his advantage to go inside. Now I don't know how long this took between. Young going and taking this lawnmower over. I don't know if it was, this was planned, if they already had an idea what they was going to That's do. That's what I'm wondering. Like. Because like, what happens, that takes some time.
0: Yeah.
1: And moving the lawnmower is not It's not, It's not. not a difficult task. No, that but takes it, unless he gets back an there hour.
0: and he's like, so what kind of lawnmower is this? Yeah, exactly. Just asking, milking. Yep. Yeah.
1: There he tied the pair up and proceeded to stab and strangle both of them before ultimately slitting their throats with a pair of scissors.
0: Oh, my God.
1: The blood-soaked Jones was soon discovered by Young, whom he ordered to help remove the, the bindings from their bodies. So maybe he didn't know. Yeah. Uh, so after they removed the um, the bindings from their bodies, they ransacked the house. After searching through it, the pair took the spouse's credit cards and other valuables, like jewelry, before fleeing the scene. According to a later testimony from Young, Jones threatened to kill him if he ever told anyone about the crimes, and even raped him at a rest stop.
0: Wow.
1: Um, So they did this before uh, the pair made a stop in Mississippi to buy a white white four-door Lincoln Town car. So now they switch cars, Mm. um, now they have stolen credit cards and jewelry and stuff like that. The James's bodies were found by the police on the following day after their daughter phoned in the report that something was wrong. News of the murders quickly spread around the area with many locals shocked that somebody would kill the Jameses. Burlett police released a statement announcing that they believed the crime was committed by two black males who were last seen in the vicinity of the home. But at that time, they were unable to identify who were there. In the meantime, Young and Jones were pulled over by police in Melbourne, Florida which resulted in Young's detainment as he had outstanding warrant for an unrelated crime. Mm. Jones was allowed to leave, but was told to return and pick up the Dodge at a later date. Now, again, this dude escapes somehow. Yeah. But Young gets arrested because he has a warrant. Right. Now Jones meets a 19-year-old Carlos Perez, a native of Wilton Manors, who was traveling to his workplace at a construction site in Fort Lauderdale. Since he had also applied for the work there, the two befriended one another and occasionally went out to buy crack cocaine together.
0: Wow. I mean, Fresh just move fast. New mention, mans- Yeah, man. <laughs> you know. Fresh just moved fast. Well, you know, nothing brings two people together like a little cocaine. A little cocaine. Yeah, a little crack rock. But wow. He's out here, just, he's able to. Get jobs and stuff. I mean, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean it's like get a job and it's like, okay, well being in prison hasn't affected this guy's way to ability to like navigate the world at all. He's different going state to state, getting state jobs. State.
1: And I wonder if he's able to to pick and choose who's like vulnerable, who's
0: Oh, he but that's what I'm, that's the prison. Prison teaches you that. Mm. They teach you the like, oh yeah, man, did you just get into prison? Here, man, you can have two of my soups. And now they owe you. Yeah, You 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 make them feel like you're going to take them under your wing. You know, so every story you've told me and every incident, it's like, oh, they smoked weed together. Or they would do this together. Or a sex worker. Or this guy, 19-year-old young guy. Oh, let's work together. I'm older than you. I can be like a big brother to you. Yeah. Oh, and I smoke a little crack. You like crack? I can get you crack. I'm older than you. I got a little disposable money. Let's smoke some crack together. Yeah. So he gets you in under that. He gets you, you know, he's giving people in, And, you know, he, he lures you in with, you know... Uh, brotherhood and friendship, and then he gets you under the influence, and he takes advantage of you. That's prison etiquette. Yeah, that's that guy, the booty warrior. If you look him up on YouTube, that guy is like, I tell him like this: I want you, I like you, I want you, and we can either do this the easy way or the hard way. This guy loves crazy. raping men, and, and wow. he's like, a, like a. It's a very popular YouTube clip. It's crazy. The c- prison culture is terrifying. Yeah. So while it is
1: unclear how and why. Perez accepted an offer to accompany Jones to the Super 8 Motel in nearby Melbourne where they booked a room for for two on August 26. So after they were left alone, Jones again hogtied, Shh. raped and strangled Perez before then slitting his throat mm. and wrapping him in a comforter and leaving him on the bed. Wow. Perez's body was discovered by the housekeeper on the following day and the police were quickly informed. A subsequent autopsy noted multiple abrasions on the victim's anus, wrists, and ankles, bite marks on his neck, and strangulation marks around his wrists and legs. Most notably, the coroner noted that the killer had slashed Perez's neck several times with with the deepness of each new cut eventually severing his jugular vein. Oh. A forensic examination of the motel room determined that the killer had attempted to wipe away fingerprints, but was unsuccessful. Subsequent examination of the DNA found on Perez's penis was matched to an unknown woman and two pubic hairs was positively matched to Jones's DNA. Mm. So now this dude, it's not like this dude is targeting other gay men, right? This dude is just targeting men. Vulnerable, again, Like you said, vulnerable yeah. men looking for friendship, drugging or like drug. I don't know what I'm not gonna say drug cause I don't know, but they did, they did drugs and mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And like, you know, I don't know what his attack his first initial
0: attack is yeah. to get he them. he is yeah I, uh, it, it is drugging but even even if you are it's the same thing as a dude who goes out to a bar and gets a girl drunk if if she's taking the shots voluntarily it doesn't make what you're doing any less predatory if yeah. like, oh, let's do more shots he's yeah. like let's smoke more crack or let's do more percodin you're you guys are he, he's the the where the trick is is that he's gauging to see when you are no longer able to protect yourself. Mm. So, yes, while he's not secretly drugging you, he is getting you under the influence for his own, you know, ulterior motives. Yeah. So he is drugging them.
1: So while the investigating while investigating the crime scene, police in Melbourne were notified that a black male driving a white four-door Lincoln Town Car had bought gas in their city using a credit card stolen from Tennessee. After contacting their counterparts in Tennessee the investigators realized that their crime scene had shared remarkable similarities, most notable of which was the description of an older black male and a Lincoln Town Car. Mm. An inspection of all their registered cars eventually led them to Jones. On September 16th, Tennessee filed murder charges and filed an arrest warrant against him. On the next day, Jones was spotted driving along Sunrise Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale, whereupon... Several police officers and marshals attempted to pull him over. He instead pulled off and led them on a brief chase before he was finally apprehended. A search of the car he was driving revealed a pair of Nike sneakers and a Puerto Rican flag, which were identified as belonging to Mr. Carlos Perez. Mm. Authorities from several states around the country Started investigating Jones for possible involvement in unsolved murders within their jurisdiction, as they should. Yes, this guy's dangerous. And we have active other, too. Active. We have other unsolved un, unsolved crimes similar. Have yes, has some type of similarities. Yeah. But he can like trying to see if they, he's a part of those. Mm-hmm. This led the Fort Lauderdale police to identify him as a prime suspect in Gross's murder, and they linked his footprints to the bloodied ones from the crime scene. Following Young's arrest, both men was um, extradited to face murder charges in Tennessee. So Jones was first indicted for murder on September, on October 7th of 2003, with prosecutors announcing their intent to seek the death penalty against him. Mm. At his initial trial, prosecutors were allowed to present evidence from from the Perez murder, which convinced the jury of the defendant's guilty and resulted in a guilty verdict. In the meantime, Young pleaded guilty to two counts of Felicitation of first-degree murder and was sentenced to 13 and a half years imprisonment. In May of 2009, Jones was found guilty of the Tennessee crimes and sentenced to death, whereupon authorities from Florida indicted him for Perez's murder. While Jones claimed he was innocent in this case, family members and prosecutors demanded the death penalty for him. Mm. During the During the proceedings, Jones who chose to act as his own attorney. Oh, my God. <laughs> his own attorney. No. His own attorney, in spite of attempts from the judge to convince him
0: otherwise.
1: Again, man. I got to find footage. Use an attorney. Yes. It's like,
0: what are you... Th- <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You're wasting the court's time. Yep. <sighs> so, well, this is 2009? Yep, 2009. Oh, there's footage out there somewhere. I got to find this.
1: He complained that belongings, like his legal paperwork, glasses, and Bible were all left behind in Tennessee. According to Jones, he chose to represent himself after he fired his public of, his public defender for encouraging him to waive his rights to a speedy trial. For security reasons, the trial location was moved from uh, Titusville, Florida, or Tudorsville, Florida, to Vieira Justice Center in Vieira, Florida. Throughout the proceedings, Jones questioned the validity of the evidence. Presented by both the prosecutor and their medical examiner, examiner, Dr. Sajjad Kreiser, as well as the testimonies of witnesses. At times, he simply complained that he did not have full access to all evidence in the case. And on one occasion, apologized about causing confusion in regards to an incident concerning a report and one of the witnesses. Fucking guys all over the place. Yeah. Sounds like Darrell Brooks to me.
0: (laughs) With that one too.
1: In the end, the jury found him guilty on all counts and recommended the death penalty. After the announcement of the guilty verdict, Jones appeared unfazed, and some even say that he even smiled. He was officially sentenced to death in May of 2014, with the verdict being openly welcomed by Perez's father and the father of Keith Gross.
0: That's such an escalation, man.
1: So yeah. Um, so I, I have a, like a last little bit here okay. um, just about what happened after that part of the trial happened. So that same year, Jones's death sentence was automatically reviewed by the Tennessee Supreme Court, which ruled that the verdict should be overturned, citing that the fact that the state law prohibited admission of evidence from unrelated murder cases. Because of this, a new trial was ordered. After a six-day trial, he was found guilty on four counts of murder, two for premeditated, and two for felony murder each, and given four separate death sentences by Justice Mark Ward before the end of the trial, Tavares Young, who had been released from prison by then, uh-huh. you know, he did his time, was ordered to testify, but instead hid out somewhere in the South, in South Florida, because he did not want to go to court again. I said, man, Wow, fuck yeah. that. I'm, I did my job. Right? <laughs>
0: fuck that, man. I'm, fuck him.
1: Yeah. I'm over
0: I've moved on from, you know what, and I guess I kind of, because again, this guy, you got to think this guy's down on his luck, sex, yeah, man. Worked, sex working, get picked up by the wrong guy, yep. ended up at a house, he, guys, he brutally he murdered an elderly, yeah, and he, he was sexually assaulted, yep. brutally murders this elderly couple, and then you get 13 years of your life stolen, I, I think I might be inclined yeah. to go, hey hey, man, y'all, tr- I'm not coming, nope. I moved on, Nope. I don't want to see his face, yep. I don't want to make eye contact with him, I'm good, I, I get that kind of. Yep. Since then, Jones have reportedly attempted
1: to have his sentence commuted, but so far has been unsuccessful. His last appeal to the Tennessee Supreme Court was denied in 2019. Mm. The court, instead upholding the original verdict, as of May of 2022, he remains on death row at the Riverbend Maximum Security Institution in Nashville. And that was the story of Henry Lee Jones. I mean, reading his story, I was like, man, again, like you've, you know, said that you know, the prison system didn't do him any you know anything positive. No, he went in there, got worse, became a worse. Whatever girl. he learned in there, he just came Took out it home. into the institutionalized. Yep, mm-hmm. came out to the real world and just like turned it up a little bit.
0: Yeah, and that's why like I'm careful. I'm gonna have to. I'm, what I'm gonna do is obviously. Um, if anybody has any leak links or anything like that, I, I don't even know what the, this would be a link to. But, you know, when they talk about um, being institutionalized, a lot of times people think about you come home and you still make ramen a certain way. You make a little tuna packs, like things that you bring home from you, you're on a routine. Yeah. But I don't I'd I'd like to see if there's any kind of statistics on, you know, men who have gone to prison, never had any history of sexual assault in their Case files or in their crime history come, ho- and then maybe in prison whether they were sexually assaulted or were involved in sexual assault behind bars come home and are now like violent rapists or something like that. Yeah, like if that's something you can be institutionalized into as well because they don't talk about the bads. Like you know, people make their jokes about yeah, you I mean you still eating uh jelly and ho hos? Yeah. at home in a in a house you're not in prison anymore. You're still eating like you're in prison. But what uh what of the crimes and the bad stuff of that do you bring home and still are institutionalized about because that's again like that's just what this feels like obviously we don't know this guy we don't know what he was doing on the streets but it just didn't sound like sexual uh, sexually assaulting men was a part of his you know day-to-day life or his mo before he went to prison then he comes home from prison and he is a violent and serial rapist like and murderer that just feels like an escalation and also the tactics he was using like I said is very big brother, very predator and that's what prison turns a lot of people into it's like yeah, man. you're a, a sexual predator you know preying on fresh fresh fish and all that shit oh a small guy young guy 19 years old construction site and you act like the older guy showing him the ropes and get a, and I can get you access to some contraband yeah get you some drugs we can do drugs and I'll bring you to a vulnerable spot and take advantage of you yeah that feels like that feels like learned behavior can't prove it, don't know it for a fact, but I'm just speculating. But that feels like he learned a, a habit or learned something that he liked in prison. Yep. Which is sexually assaulting men and boys, and then he brought he came home and brought it home with him. That's how. It, that's just how it reads. Man, that is fucking terrible. Well, yeah. Rest in peace to all his victims and anybody else, and you know prayers to anybody who's traumatized, like the 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 young young the young yeah. man young. You know, you know Jesus. But um, yeah. Let's go ahead and get into these good vibes, man. That's right, folks. It's time for some good vibes to lift the spirits up a bit. It's uh, we are coming to you live from Super Bowl Sunday, uh, you know. So uh, we're trying to finish this up with some positivity before we go watch, you know, some old good old fashioned American sportage and everything like that. So, Fran, you want to go first, or you want me to go first? Yeah, I go t- first. Okay, cool. Take it. Take it away.
1: Uh, so, my good vibe this week is about a delightful story from Northern Ontario. So, a five year old girl, five year old girls good karma, wait thirteen years to reward her. Mm. So Juliet won the state's second largest lottery jackpot in history, 48 mil, on her first ever try. What? Yep. First ever try. Local news from her home city of Salt, St. Mary, revealed a touching side of the story. The five-year-old that at 5 years old, Juliet made a very big act of charity and the suggestion that her generosity had been rewarded is impossible to resist making. And it was 2010, and the island nation of Haiti had just been um, the ravaged by the earthquake. Mm. Aid organizations from across the world rushed to help the people um, of the obliterated country stabilize and recover.
0: Also, real quick, friend, pr- prayers to Turkey, man. That um, yeah, man. That, that was that was that was that's sad. That's man. rough. That was rough. But sorry, go ahead.
1: And Marie Greyhound's hockey team, Ice Rink, a branch of the Canadian Red Cross, had set up a table to help raise money for Haiti, and Juliet and her step or her sister, Sophia, I'm sorry, Sophie, were determined to help. They upturned their uh, piggy bank, sh- sharing uh, $61.38. Oh, that's cute. That's
0: sweet. That that's they, all they had. That they donated. Yep. That's all they had.
1: Then last week... Juliet stepped forward as a young woman to claim. First of all, I'll be anonymous. Um, right. Step forward as a young woman to claim the forty-eight million dollar prize mm. at the Ontario Lottery offices. She took. A now you wouldn't even catch me. I'm not taking pictures. No, I'm not telling my name. Nothing. Mm-mm. Nothing.
0: All you're gonna know is that I quit. But you could. Yeah, you could make it. up your own. Experience. You can put two and two together yeah, if you, you want. Mm-hmm.
1: But that's it. Forty-eight mil. As
0: far as you're concerned, I just got. I found Man. a better job. Yep.
1: So she told, she told so today that she was on her way to bring her grandfather some ice cream. I called him on the phone asking what kind of ice cream he wanted, she recalled. And he said to me, you just turned 18, go buy a lotto ticket,
0: test your luck. Ain't that something? That sounds like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory where they were like, it's your birthday, Charlie. Here's six pennies to go get a candy bar, one candy bar. And it's
1: the candy bar with the golden ticket in it. Yep, yep. I go to the corner store and I'm in my car. I didn't know how to buy it, she said, laughing. So I had to call my dad. I said, dad, grandpa wants me to buy a ticket. How do I How do I do it? He said, oh, just go inside and get a quick pick. Yeah. Fortunately for Juliet, her father is a financial
0: advisor. So she got somebody great in her corner. Uh-huh. Um, so it's unlikely I to mean, burn a hole My in her grandfather's pocket. a gambler. He has a severe gambling addiction. She could have called him and got the advice on how to do that. Do what? Buy a lottery ticket. I was talking about that. I was talking about oh, her dad the being money, financial. Having advisor. the money. Yeah. okay. I thought she's saying, like, because he called and, and he knew. Because <laughs> he's a financial advisor. He's like, yeah. oh, yeah, just go in and ask for a lottery ticket. I was like, that's not, that oh. doesn't mean anything. I need to be a financial just advisor, read,
1: so she will burn him a hole in her pocket with money, man.
0: Okay, yeah, man, she has a uh, dad. Is she's she's in a good spot. I got spot. the fence, I don't like people putting their education <laughs> in my face like they're better than me or something like that. Like, I know I could have t- told her how to get a lottery ticket. <laughs> You're saying the 48 million, yeah, man. All yeah. right, a financial advisor will come in handy, with that. yeah, man. Yeah, okay, so now sorry, my bad. Blown through 40, okay, Blown through
1: 48 million dollars is wild.
0: No, it's very, I bad. can't even, happens, I know it happens, happens. but I just can't. Like how? I don't think MC Hammer was worth that much money, but he blew through a lot of money, gold toilets and all type of stuff. Like why? Why do you need a gold toilet, man? But imagine having that much money. Where you just like, I don't know. I just bought it because I can. Just because because it? it exists. That's what a lot of people do. It's like, oh, the Bugatti costs a million dollars. Well, like, I mean, I need to have one of those. Yeah, but
1: you could buy one of those if you're worth a billion dollars. But people aren't. It's not a whole.
0: <laughs> people but, are buying those worth that's ten million dollars. Like, you just gave away a tenth of your money. I'm not doing that. You it's, don't need that car. No. You ain't never going to drive that fast. (laughs) Ever. You know, this thing can go 400 miles an hour. So what? Why do you, what? You know, you drive so fast, the tires melt. Why would you (laughs) need to drive that fast? (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, once you hit 250, the parachute engages. Like, why would you be doing 250 miles an hour in a residential neighborhood? Why would you need the parachute to engage? (laughs) It's crazy. Anyway, my good vibe story is about a lady named Miss Patty. And she has made over 7,000 hats for the students that ride her bus. So she's a bus driver. So, many employees of the school system leave behind important memories with their students. But for bus driver Patty Reitz, she principally leaves behind a memory of friendship and warm ears. Known as Miss Patty, the Clarence Central School District bus driver has crocheted 7,083 hats over three decades of service for the students at, and the school. Her career included years working in the elementary school's cafeteria. But she be, I love a, a nice friendly cafeteria lady by the way uh, more warmer I was like, go ahead and get you an extra um, applesauce." Uh, but she <laughs> began she began crocheting in 2005 to pass the time <clears throat> while caring for her mother while she was in the hospital. She said, "I needed something to do." later she took up later she took it up while waiting for the students to board her bus. Back on her first attempt at a hat, a high schooler started it all when he noticed that when he noticed what she was doing. The one, boy get, the one boy gets on the bus, and he goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm making a hat. He said, that would be great going down ski slopes at, at Holiday Valley. So I said, what color would you like? And that started everything. I was kind of entitled-ass kid as LA. Man, I'd love, can you make me a hat? I'd love one of those hats while I ski, you fucking rich-ass kid. Yeah. Skiing. Anyway, her abilities are either an... Her specialties are either an elf hat with with pom-pom or a sort of potato sack shaped affair with tassels on the corners. She uses colored yarn and buys it all herself, though she regularly receives gift cards and other presents, certainly around Christmas time to stock up on um, materials. Um, She cares. She cares about her students, said the third grade teacher named Deborah Bosworth. Any student that I've had that that has been on Miss Patty's bus gets a hat, and they also get a friend. Miss Patty is one of the favorites, despite the tremendous amount of work that she's already done. Reitz says that she has no plans to stop with her hat making. The bus driver said that she's already getting organized for next year's bus riders, and she said, "I'm going to do it until I can't do it anymore." And uh, there's a video, of course. Now, what I would say is this is a perfect opportunity because the internet is so great. You need to start an LLC and start making Patty's hats. Like, come on, man. Ship those across the world. This is your opportunity to become a mogul. Yep. And I hope she's taking the opportunity. to Use this viral moment to start Patty's hats. And I mean, I don't know if she wants to quit being a bus driver. I'm sure she loves it. She's been doing it for 30 years. But you need a retirement plan. You got to get sure. that nut. You got to get that nut. Stow it away when hard times. And Patty's hats is it. That's my advice to Patty. I hope she takes it. Um, Fran. Before we get out of here, do you have any recommendations other than The Last of Us, which uh, we didn't get to talk about much? We did talk about it after the Tyree Nichols thing because yeah. it was just such a good episode. But, um, how are, uh, are you still in, or have you fallen no, by No,
1: I'm still in. Oh, for sure. Okay, yeah, okay. for sure. You just um, haven't watched
0: the fri- the one that came out Friday because of the Super Bowl, which was smart.
1: You haven't watched it, and I haven't watched the one before that.
0: Oh, because good one too.
1: Because of again. That's her overnight schedule. Yes. I have to wait till... Do you,
0: know, you, you guys watch it together? Yeah. Um, yeah. What a show to pick to watch together, man. The one show you're like, yeah. you like excited to watch. You're yeah, like, I got to oh, wait. We agreed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to
1: yeah. wait. <laughs> um, I, did, I, told, I, I told you I watched Call Him Is Cleo.
0: Yes. Like that. that was that I was didn't good. know they did that lady so dirty like that. Yeah, man. I thought when you I... You finished when, it? Yeah, I finished okay. it. So I had only gotten to the point where they were like, she's not even really Jamaican. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know... I didn't. I hadn't gotten to the point yet where they go... Oh, she was just a spokesperson. Yeah. They, she wasn't making any money. Oh, they robbed her blind. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, they and they made, made millions secret. of dollars Again, off of her likeness and everything. And uh, Simone. uh, Raven Simone. Uh, Raven, you Raven, know what? Raven Simonier. Yeah. I was, <laughs> you saw that? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy that she let that rock for like 30 years. Like her name is not. We've been calling her Raven Simone for 30 years. She's like, my name is Simonier. She's like African. She's like from an African tribe or something. Like, like she's she, Kenyan or something. She
1: was, all day and was like, what she said was like, it was funny because she said that. Oh, what do you know? White people taking advantage of a black person or, just yeah. or whatever uh, and yeah. making millions of dollars. So
0: much money. And it was so nasty. The last part of it was, I don't know what, I still don't know whether or not she was Jamaican or anything, but she influenced all these white people. And at the end, they're like throwing uh, gasoline into a fire and burning notes and shit. Yeah. Like she like she taught them kind of spiritual, yeah. like they learned from her some kind of spiritual thing. And then they cut to all these Jamaican people who were like... Yeah, no, we knew she wasn't. She's not Jamaican. But then them cut into these people wearing like these white people wearing beads and, you know, being like, oh, she taught us about the magical arts of, you know, Jamaican voodoo. And all these Jamaican people were going, she wasn't Jamaican. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool contrast where she, even, you know, sad that she died and everything, but even in her death, she had convinced all these new people who became her friends at the end that she was just this spiritual lady. And maybe she was. Yeah. But all the other people who were Jamaican were going, well, I don't know what she is, but I'll tell you what she isn't. And yeah, that's she's Jamaican. Just, she's not Jamaican. She's not Jamaican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you It's, know. it's
1: just, it's, it's, I like seeing those type of documentaries because, like, you grew up seeing that on TV as a young kid. but you so have, But you don't. You forget. You forget, but mm-hmm. at, during the time you go like, oh, she's like a lady that's. Super famous for some super reason. Super famous, and she has a commercial for, like, doing, uh, what is Psychic it Psychic reading, Psychic mm-hmm. reading. But then when you get older and somebody been studying this story for so long and come out with a documentary, you go like, Oh shit. Like it wasn't just what you saw on the TV yeah. television years ago. And you and it's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. Yeah, no. and, and I see that I like, damn. Yeah. I, li- I like seeing documentaries like that.
0: Oh, I loved. I loved I love the Call Me Now documentary yeah. for sure. Um yeah, no, I've been watching The Last of Us for sure. It's I don't I don't want to speak prematurely, Frank. But, um, there are it's, I think it's four or five episodes in. I can't remember the episode that's now out because early because of the Super Bowl. They put it out Friday, like I said, that's smart, so they don't have to battle compete with the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, it might be one of the best shows that ever made on television. I, love you, I mean, the way that they're able to introduce people in one episode and make you care about these people, the third episode or fourth episode, I can't remember which one, where they have Nick Offerman from Parks and Rec. He plays a gay man who's a survivalist, yeah. and it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It really showed, you know, the loneliness of the apocalypse, and yeah. then finding a purpose and finding a person and building a life together, like finding yeah. something bright in the dark, fucked up world. And that was fucking beautiful.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad that, that didn't turn left too. I'm glad it didn't make that where it was like oh, it was a setup. I'm glad. That, yeah. Where, I'm glad that yeah. Didn't they happen. really. They really cared yeah. about each other. Yeah. That and, was. Yeah. And to be a person that's like, oh, I'm waiting for doomsday type of situation. Yeah, But and it he's, actually happens. Yes, and he's and I was like, right. I'm well prepared for yeah, this. Yeah, I got everything.
0: When he <laughs> that fucking that came funny. out, he v- went to Home Depot, oh, turned the God. gas on to his yeah. house, he was eating deer. Yeah, And it's like, yeah, man, it's, it really, it made me laugh because, you know, all those fucked up racist people, Maybe the, let's, not, let's, not, let's not say racist, but all those people, rednecks and all those terms we use, when the grid cuts off, they're going to come out of the woods like a uh, the Kings and yeah. Queens is like, Oh, I know how to survive on a raccoon meat. And I know how to build a fire and I have a yeah. bunch of guns. And that dude popped up out of that bunker and was like, let's get to fucking work. Right. He made a gate that had a code. Crazy. I was like, this dude yeah, is no, ready This whole block. Oh, community is yeah. mine now. And I also thought it was beautiful that they, as sad as this is, but it, it was a fact. Cause I've only, I, if, if you, if you felt, if you hated that episode, it, you need to look in, inside of yourself. This wasn't a thing because people go; they're always shoehorning gay stuff or whatever. This, that, and the third. And it's like that was a beautiful love story, and yeah. it made—I think it made the gay experience pal- palatable to people who aren't gay and yeah. might not have gay friends. You just go, damn, man, the world's so fucked up, and these two people loved each other. Yeah. And if you can't see it for anything, just at that base level, if you need to, if you're grossed out by it, then you have issues. Yeah. That was just a beautiful love story. And I think that that was dope that they made that palatable that way. Yeah. To to a show that gets millions of viewers every week, you know. So I thought that was a really cool thing that they did. And I understand it's probably part of the game. Like the character might have been gay or whatever. But still, they could have decided to not make him gay for the show. They could have just not done that and made it a woman. They could have done that. They could have went off script for that one. You know, not stuck to the to the game. Yeah, man. It was was beautiful. And every episode is compelling and beautiful and and grief stricken. you know, I've cried a couple of times at the show. I, I it keeps doing it. And something about that is telling me, yes. I think it's because this is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah, man. It was just the part that
1: like I was like, damn, like you get teary eyes like when before the guy dies is like, yeah, you know, with all this shit going on, real life shit as far as like your body deteriorating or whatever, yeah. still still happens. Yeah. Like, that, all that shit doesn't yep. stop because the world's like no. come to an end or yeah. whatever. But it's like Growing old, old, growing yeah, old, that still, still happens. Yeah, you and can like, you can catch some kind of debilitating yeah. disease yeah. in the middle of the apocalypse. Yeah. and I thought that was like, I was like, damn.
0: Yeah, that was real. And he yeah. was like, hey man, if you're out, I'm out. Like I, yeah, I did it. Like we did it. I don't. I'm not gonna be here by myself. Yeah, so that was beautiful. So yeah, man. Last of Us. If you haven't watched it, which I think is statistically impossible, every week they're like. Last week, it had 7 million viewers. This week, it's nine. Like, it just keeps growing. Like yeah. People, more people keep c- catching on and watching it. So, yeah, The Last of Us show. is my big recommendation. But, uh, yeah, with that being said, uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner and true crime friend, Evans, and we'll see you guys next week.